Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome to the Co-Optional Podcast here on the 14th of November, 2017. Hello. How exciting. Hello. How are you? Hello, welcome. Welcome to the podcast. Well, 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 My name's uh, Dodger's voice. What? What? Huh? Huh? That was the voice you were doing, and I was being well, you, but I was I the know, voice in your mouth. But, but you implied that that's how I talk all the time. Instead no, just currently. Just both... to tell your voices currently. But uh, well, I thought that we were both like kind of being like Kyle's cousin. <laughs> <laughs> that's my favorite character in that game. Can we just talk about how Kyle's cousin, Kyle, in South Park Fracture Butthole is literally my favorite character when he randomly shows up in battle. And it's just like, it's amazing. I'm here to help you. Oh! I fractured my DVM. It's like, what? I, I love it because he literally doesn't help at all. Never. Like, he just interrupts him, battles. It doesn't do anything. It's the same as like when a car shows up and everybody goes car and they have to move aside. It's the exact same thing. He just shows up in the middle of a fight, tries to do something, hurts himself and goes, oh, I'll, I'll try again next time. This is really fun, guys. I think I fractured my pelvis. <laughs> he just walks away. And he's like covered in blood. And you're like that poor boy. He just wants to play so bad. <laughs> I can be a kite too, Kyle. I love him. I love I love that game. What a I guess we're getting straight in on that one then. So South Park, yeah. the fractured butthole. Both of you have been playing quite a bit of it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, e Money in chat said Super Craig is best character. Super uh, Craig is best character, by the Super, way. BT Super dubs. Craig is best character for the lines. He says all of the best lines, but also he hits so fucking hard. Like he's kind of hard to maneuver into position. Uh, but Super Craig's he, good, but also Call Girl is very good as well. Call Girl's my Girl. tank. Call Girl's so no. strong. Call Girl can hit from like anywhere. It's amazing. She's Call Girl so is OP. Good. Right yeah. now, my team is Super Craig, Call Girl, and Professor Chaos because I can't leave Butters at home. I have to take Butters wherever I go because I love Butters. Um, Butters has one of the best. Uh, Ultimates, anyway. Yeah. Oh, anytime you can go like, chaos is here. I love it. And he uses the hammer. It's great. I actually really love Kenny. Having Kenny on my team is is also. Uh, You mean Mysterion? I'm sorry. Mysterion. His his ultimate is so good. That's Um, because he's the only superhero besides Mintberry Crunch. Hashtag, where's (laughs) Mintberry Crunch, y'all? Where is Mintberry Crunch? He went home. Did he fly home? superhero did he fly did he fly home what happened to mintberry crunch mm. i miss him so much he was the one true mintberry crunch what a great series of episodes yeah fuck south park so good <laughs> oof um yeah the first time that i realized that when he, i mean it makes sense that when mysterion dies you can still use him and you can like you can give people like cold and then they skip a turn and shit i was like you're still so useful this is amazing yeah yeah i uh yeah what a what a what a fun game with about a million callbacks to a lot of crazy shit in south park if you're a south park fan more than the first one this game has a lot in it i I was like whoa i think this one is more funny than the first one was like i think just all around it's a better game I agree. Um, miss the Chimpokomon. Where are they? Miss they're there. Them. Well, they're all collected in your garage because you got them in the first game. They're I, there, know. Like, you, I know. I you know, but I just. <laughs> I like that we go around collecting the yowie. Oh, my God. I'm I like the way they say it. collector in that game. Because like yowie obviously sounds like someone's getting hurt. Oh! <laughs> 
I the fact, the fact that Craig's dad collects it is so fucking weird to me. I'm just like, no way. I love <laughs> Craig's dad and Tweak's dad are so into it. I think it's so I funny. Know. They're just like, you know, having a gay son really helps with the coffee business. It was, it's hilarious. It's so good. And then meanwhile, both of the moms are like, oh, I just, I just want my son to be happy. But the dads are like on another like, weird level. <laughs> yeah, that's like, what a, what a crazy thing to add to the game from a very silly episode that was literally just about them being like, I don't know why they keep pairing us together. Like, yeah. All right. Well, I guess we should just accept it. We're gay now. Like, I just, <laughs> I just love it. That's the moral. Like, yeah, all right. We love each other. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Look, they uh, have the healthiest relationship in that entire show, hands down. <laughs> um, sure. Yeah, that game is fantastic. I actually, I I love that there have been a few fights where I'm like, wow, I need to like switch up my characters and like my tactics here. Like I need to actually think about how I'm coming at this fight. Um, the, the two fights that really, thankfully I got through them, but they scared me. Uh, the fight we, in the strip club. Oh, okay. oh no no like this the fight in the strip club and the fight in the uh storage facility those two fights were like because yeah. they add the element of like there's things happening on the grid now where you have like if you don't get out of the way or you don't move or do something fast enough you're screwed and it's like um, oh that's interesting the fights that have been the hardest for me so far have been uh okay yeah i'll just say locations in the lab Okay. And, um, I loved the lab fight. I thought that was I mean, so I love, fun. I love it too. It, very difficult though for me, uh, for some reason with my play style. So the lab and uh, the the racism fight. <laughs> I don't know how else to put it without being like. Nope, you nailed it. Perfect. Okay, yeah, great. all right. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. everybody knows. Uh, yeah, those those two fights. I was like, this is. Oh my god! Specifically, the the second one I just mentioned. I was like, this fight is so fucking ridiculous. Like, this is so hard. I um, yeah. I, the fact that they give you the mechanic of your farts as it being useful in combat, I think, is great. Yeah. The things you can do with your farts, I can't believe this is what I'm saying. The things you can do with your farts are incredible, and and they change the mechanics to the game because there's sometimes where. It's like, oh my God, this guy's about to unleash his super ability. Actually, no, you're not. <laughs> you're actually not going to do that. And then they have to wait I, a turn. Because I have a super fart. Yeah, uh, that helped early on with uh, uh, Stan's dad. Like Stan's dad oh. <laughs> gave me such a hard time and I have no idea why. That's funny. That's like one of the earliest fights in the game too. I guess I, I was still learning the mechanics. I fucking loved that reveal. Like really <laughs> It's, it's really early in the game, but I still won't spoil it. But I was just like, oh, of course. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I will say, again, trying to keep things vague. There were a couple of times where side quests activated, like side quests became open to you before you were actually able to complete them, mm. which I thought was interesting. Um, building off of the, the whole like farting thing, like I got side quests that required a specific type of fart <laughs> that I didn't have yet. And so I kept trying to do it despite the fact that I literally could not complete it. Um, and I thought that was interesting. Like it felt like those should have, <laughs> I was about to say procced, felt like those uh, those side quests should have procced after yeah. 
I got I got the fart that was necessary to do I them. I, I I like how everything sort of reveals itself. As time goes on in the game, things that you're like, how the shit do I do this? Eventually reveal themselves to you. And you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> the TV just fucking left. TV just outed. That's fine. It's like, you know what? I'm done with this conversation. We didn't even, we didn't even introduce the podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to okay. Co-Optional Podcast. It's me, Jesse Cox, and Dodger. TB, not here today. Yeah. He uh, saw Dodger. Uh, I was about to say twerk, but that's not what that's called. Dab. No, and, no, uh, no, 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 no. It's a twerk now. Twerk. He saw Dodger twerk, and uh, <laughs> he left. He had to leave. He so left. it's just us today. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we're going to be talking about the games we want to talk about. Finally. No more 4X space games. No more talking about uh, grid-based combat systems, except for South Park. No, for more, South Park. no more talking about uh, the cards we unpacked in Hearthstone or how we made a StarCraft II mod, which you should all go download. No more talking about that. Yeah. Today. Yeah, I mean, you should all go download it at axiommod.com, but we're not going to talk about we're it. We're not going to talk about that. It's no, not no, no, no. happening. No. FOV sliders, turn them down to 60. We don't care. Yeah. We don't care. Uh, 60 F FOV, 30 FPS. That's how we roll. 15 <laughs> FPS, I as I prefer. Yeah, I love I love 15. It makes it feel like it's going even faster because I miss so many of the frames. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but man, uh, South Park was a great game, and I just yeah. like. Did you, did you beat it? I've not beaten it yet, so I, I don't I know the ending. Either. Yeah. Oh shit! Maybe we'll beat it around the same time, and then we can be like, "Yeah, we'll have an office talk." Yeah. Yep. Um, I'm surprised that it's. Well, I guess I shouldn't be. I'm surprised. I was gonna say I'm surprised that it's taken me as long as it has because I know people who like just sat down and slammed through it in one session. But the like, problem is, it just like there's, there's so, much so many. Yeah. If you if you want to take your time, there's so much fun stuff in that game that like, I don't. I'll never, I will never understand how people can blow through games quickly. Yeah. I'll see like, uh, like any of the, the main, the like huge YouTube let's play guys like, um, cool Carl and, uh, uh, Dave, you know, Dave Applier. Yeah. Yeah. Dave. Yeah. All those guys. Yeah. And they just like blow through games like that. And it's yeah. just like, did you enjoy it? Did you take a moment to like enjoy what you were doing? How's that relevant? Did you make all of the costumes? Like, you know exactly so why questions. they blow through it. <laughs> well, because it makes financial sense for them to do it because they can get all the episodes up and then people will click, click. I get it. I get it. They want to make money. But like, as a human, as a gamer, do you have fun anymore? Like, for me to you, I just want to know. <laughs> Call me. D slide into my DMs. Just let me know you're you're having fun still. That's all I care about. Yeah, I'm looking out for you. That's all. Don't burn out, kids. Um, yeah, I I don't think I could for the mere fact of number one, I have to collect all the yaoi, and number two, obviously, uh, obviously, and number two, anytime there's a possible costume piece to buy from somebody or a blueprint to buy from somebody, I'm like, I need to go find some cash. And then I'll come back. Like, I just, I have to have all of them. So, yeah, yeah that's been my, my big thing. Oh, man, I just realized I still haven't gone back to Bebe. Fuck. She still has so many hairstyles I haven't bought. I can't, I can't platinum this game, though, because I got it for PlayStation. So I can't platinum it. I have to 
make my first platinum ever. Sunrun Kagura, Peach Beach Splash. Quite possibly the best game ever. Dude. Look, look, you all think it is jokes. And for the first 25 minutes of the game, it really is a joke about like <laughs> ninjas ending up in bikinis with water guns. But right. the actual gameplay is like Splatoon meets Destiny. We're like, you are like, it is fun. It is super fun. There are multiple water guns. Each water gun has different abilities. There, you have a double jump, and then you can like float around the map. There's a reload thing where you just jerk off your thing until it like reloads. It's great. Sure. It's great. The game is 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 good. It's a good game. And I'm oh, the loot boxes also give you like cards of girls because whatever. Cause um, of course. It's actually fun. It's actually fun. Um, this is. This is like when I say, oh, yeah, one of my favorite games when I was younger was Dead or Alive Beach Volleyball. And people are like, haha. And I'm like, no, but it was actually really fun. Yes. Like, like really the, other, the other Sunrun Kagura games, like on, at their core, if you look past the fact that they're literally just like, there's boobs and there's these girls, they're actually one is a cooking game that's like literally the DDR of cooking games. One is a Dynasty Warriors fighting game. Like, they all are genre games that are good at the core. They just, you have to overlook the fact that it's, like, a game made for me, and it's all just boobs all the time. But, right. I mean, it's it's genuine. They're genuinely entertaining. I, I have to give them uh, the shout-out that they deserve. It's crazy to me that that, because most of the time, you know, like, a booby game is just like, all right, that's cute. You You tried. But like this is they actually made a real game, which I am very confused about because I want to know the funding that goes into this. Right. Who is the one who's like, make me a game that's like Splatoon, but with anime girls with huge boobs. Now go forth. Who's this guy? Who? It's obviously some Japanese dude, and I want to meet him and I want to shake his hand. His name is is Hesse Mox. Hesse Mox, he lives, and he lives in Japan, and he I'm has down. no beard. Is that a? A, a regional name, uh, the... <laughs> Hesse. Something rather specific. No, uh, I would imagine. Yeah. <laughs> what? What accent was that, Dodger? What? Hesse. You know, Hesse. Yeah, Hesse. Yeah, was was that also a regional Japan, accent Hesse. from from the Akita Hesse. Prefecture? Yes. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, from Japan, Hesse. Hesse. Where is where? where how did uh, we get? Do not worry, is Hesse. Yes. <laughs> Grew up in Tokyo. Is is not. Don't worry. Grew up in Tokyo in in the baras in this, <laughs> the gulags the of Tokyo. This, but also in Soviet Russia somehow. He yeah. traveled around a lot. Let's and just maybe put it Mexico. That way. I don't know. We hit a lot of we hit a lot of yes. points there. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Good guy. You know those famous okay? Russian barriers. Uh yeah. Just uh, just got a little nosebleed. Don't worry about it. Oh, no gotcha. We, uh, I thought maybe because during soundcheck, TV was complaining about uh, the gardeners outside. So I thought maybe you went I'd out actually we thought you went crazy and open fire. Them. I mean, <laughs> you know, I, I do consider every once in a while. It's just like, mm, you know, we, we could probably scare them with that. The, the, <laughs> I'm not allowed to do that anymore. I have to check who's in the backwood because I, I did start uh, target shooting uh, one day just with a BB gun, but, you know, still. Right. Uh, and... Uh, accidentally I heard a voice back there. It's like, hello? 
Like, oh, oh shit. No. Uh, uh, so it's just sort of firing randomly hello. upwards into the trees. Like, oh, you'll probably stop doing that. Uh, but no, you, no, don't act, don't shoot at gardeners, kids, not under any circumstances with anything. It's a bad idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, a ter- that's genuinely a terrible idea. Genuinely a pretty bad idea, yeah. Um, but no, I haven't. Me. As you probably have noticed, I've not played South Park at all, and I certainly haven't played Senren Kugura or whatever it is. Oh, I don't expect Kugura. you ever would, but I'm just saying you probably should. not. But you know, if it happened to be the right genre, it happened to have a good set of mechanics. You know, you brought up an interesting point that was, you know, who makes these games? Well, it's like, well, I mean, these are fairly popular genres, and if you add anime titties to it, then you've got a certain subset of your audience that are probably going to buy it. And if the games are decent, sure, why not? It yeah, works. That's the thing is like, there's a difference between we have a game that's mediocre, but if we add boobs, people will buy it. And yeah. we have a game that's actually good. Let's add boobs just for kids. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're, adding, we're adding boobs because we know people like it. Like, yeah. all right, fair enough. I mean, th- you know, that, that sells. I don't really see necessarily anything wrong with that. <clears throat> there is literally just, if you go to Steam right now, there is... My God, a lot of Senran Kagura. There are tons of these games. There's Senran Kagura games where you are a fighting game. There's Senran Kagura games where you are cooking. There's Senran Kagura games where you are brawling. There's so many different variations of this franchise. I dig it. I dig the fact that they're just like, we're going to do everything that everyone else does, but just make like, the, it's the same characters every time. So like you can have your waifu and yeah, play your got, waifu you got your every game. And that's what it is, right? You know, it's just different yeah. genres and whatever your favorite waifu is. It's yep. fairly, it's obviously doing pretty well for them because they keep making the things. Yeah, and no, and none of them on... seem to actually be bad video games either. Yeah, the, when like when I saw the game was like out early on PlayStation, I was like, well, I know where I'm buying this. Uh, like it's Sonicagura is just so silly, but it knows it's silly. It knows it's it's weird. And it accepts it and doesn't try to like hide what it is. Yeah. I think that's pretty fun. That's so. fair. Yeah. Uh, I finally played Hand of Fate too. Yes. Yo, yeah, that, that's pretty much the it's only great. thing I've been actually playing this week. There are there are so many mini games inside. Like they added yes. so much to this fucking game. It's incredible. Um, yep. Really, really, really fun. I love. Uh, I love that it's like. If you played the first one, you'll know exactly what's going on. But depending on the event that you're experiencing, you might have to do a, a completely bizarre little mini game. But I love that they're all items that have been on the desk the whole time. Yeah, like you just so didn't cool. notice. Yeah, when I first got the pendulum, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Then there's always ways to affect it as well. Like if there's a particular challenge you're not like great at, then you can take a companion or there's certain blessings that can help Blessing. you out with that. Yeah. And the interesting part of Hand of Fate to me has never really been the combat, although it is improved. It's still not brilliant, but it's better. Certainly mm-hmm. a lot better than the first one. Way better, yeah. The interesting part to me is going into the whole mission and customizing the cards that I can bring with me to get try and get the optimal result out of it. You know, it's like a puzzle. And like going in there saying, right, well, I know that there's going to be a lot of this in there. It said there's going to be like a lot of dice games in there. So what cards do I know I and encounters do I know I can have that will potentially get me benefits in that regard? You know, uh, for instance, there's uh, 
one which has a uh, massive problem with food. Uh, so I knew that there was a thing called uh, a Temple Blessing, a card called Temple Blessing, that could give me this sort of food gambit thing, wherever you gained gold, you also gained food. So I'm like, yeah. okay, so if I put that in my deck and acquire that fairly early on, that will help me here and all that sort of thing. And I find like running the same challenge multiple times, trying to optimize the puzzle, especially since there are usually various levels of success and there's a bunch of stuff to unlock is mm -hmm. a very fulfilling and satisfying part of the game mm -hmm. to me. And also, uh, yeah, being able to, when you're choosing encounters, being able to say like, I keep fucking up this encounter and just keep like putting it back in your deck each time you play so that you can finally like really get the token it. off it or whatever. Yeah, yeah it's a so fucking market thief every goddamn time. I cannot yeah. for the life of me get the token off of that thing. Yeah, some of them, uh, it is not clear how you're supposed to get the token. And I kind of love that, that like, I'm going to need to try multiple times and see like, what is the variable that I'm missing? Yeah. Um, like with the, and don't tell me how to do it, obviously, but the cartographer, every time I meet the cartographer and he's like, thank you for your information. And then I leave and I'm like, what the fuck do you want? Like, I don't know if I need more information or if there's probably some, like, just it's, more, it's but... cool that way. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of messing around you can do, you know, it's sort of like, well, I can bring a deck of things to encounter that will help me, but the challenge is themed in a particular way and has a bunch of unique encounters you're not going to see anywhere else as well. Mm. And that's what, that's one of the big improvements they've made. Every challenge in Hand of Fate 2 feels like its own self-contained story, because it is, with a bunch of unique mechanics you won't see anywhere else, with a bunch of unique cards you won't see anywhere else, usually with a decent amount of enemy variety. You know, I'd like to see maybe a little bit more of that, but we are starting to see it come at you the further you get into the game. Yeah. And some of them end up being great. I, I have really enjoyed, I don't know if you've got to this one yet, I think it's the Herophant is no. a big puzzle oh, about good. the leader of a thieves' guild. And in three nights, someone's going to assassinate him. And he knows it's one of his three top guys, but he doesn't uh, know who. But he knows a set of characteristics about them. Like, under this circumstance, this person will always tell the truth, etc. So it becomes this riddle, and you learn more clues as you go along, try and gain the trust of them, and then you have to make the determination at the end of it. And you could beat the thing by just calling anyone's name and then just killing them in combat. But if you want to platinum it and get the really good cards out of it, you have to have figured out the whole puzzle and right. you know deduced who the person is. And that was really, really enjoyable. You know, that felt like a whole different game to me. You know, they'd use the cards and the ideas of the game in a very unique way. Uh, on the flip side of that, there are times when there are challenges that just aren't very interesting. Uh, I just did one that was a bunch of fighting infected in the city. And you've got to try and get everybody out of the city if you can in order to oh, yeah. platinum the thing. It's just a lot of fighting. And Have if you... you're n not fighting, you do the pendulum things to reduce the amount of things you fight. And that's basically it. And it's very repetitive. Uh, I know you mentioned the hero fan. Have you done the devil challenge? No, I don't think I'm there yet. I don't that know how, how far that I don't know how far that is in, but it will change your thoughts on this game. It, it like literally is a different, like it makes you think about everything you've learned so far, and then like spins it on his head because it's the devil challenge and it's amazing, and I won't spoil a fucking thing. All I'll say is 
everyone play this game, get that far, and be like, what? And yeah. Um, have you guys... TB, you've streamed it, yeah? I have not, actually. I did mean to. Oh. It, it, you, there does have some Twitch interaction. Uh, yeah. I, I assume okay, you messed so, around with that. Yeah, I, I used Twitch integration at the very end of my stream to see what it was like. It's really nice, really non-invasive. Um, yeah. You get to decide whether or not you want chat to help you. Yes. So, like, you you turn it on and you can say, like, yes, they... There are little tick boxes for all of the different things that you might want help with. So you could say like, I never want help with an encounter, but I do want help with this other stuff. Yeah. Um, but even then it doesn't automatically happen. So like if I am in an encounter and I'm like, man, I don't really know what to do. There's a button at the bottom that says vote. And you have to click that in order for chat to help you and vote on it. It right. doesn't automatically happen, which is really, really nice. Um, yeah, so I, I really like that. The, uh, the only thing that does happen automatically is that every eight cards, I believe every eight, like new cards that you hit, um, chat will throughout that time vote on something that they want you to have. Right. So like say that I hit my eighth card and they were like, we want you to have a little bit more food. Like the majority of people wanted you to have more food. So you get like two or three more food right? right it's never a ton it's never so much that you're like all right i'm fucking set um but they can also take away they could say like we want you to have less food that kind of a yeah. thing and there's always three choices um and then uh oh the other hilarious thing that happened was a dev came into my chat if a dev comes into your chat uh the dealer has deal with it glasses <laughs> really so yeah i was like what the fuck is going on here? I, I was so zoned into the game and I looked at, at the dealer inside of the game who always looks really ominous and epic, right? Yeah. And he's just got the fucking glasses. Oh, on the one. And I was like, what the fuck? That's amazing. Um, they, can, uh, they can activate a card and I don't know... I don't know if this has to be activated while you're streaming or if this is something that you come across naturally in the game sometimes. But uh, there's an event called One Drunken Night, and um, they activated it just out of the blue for me. And basically, you just stop what you're doing and get thrown into a dungeon. And you have, like, no idea how you got there. Um, but if you, like, make your way through, you get food and gold and stuff. Um, and then the card becomes one of your cards. Hmm. So I was like, oh, that was pretty cool. Um Oh, the devs can also change the clothes that just in general, the clothes that the dealer is wearing. So I looked over at one point and he was wearing a pirate hat and shit. And I was <laughs> like, what the fuck? Um, but the Twitch integration, yeah, is really, really non-invasive. Like you still get to play the game how you want to play the game. Um, they don't they don't do it in a way where you feel like you aren't in control or you feel like chat has too much power you get to decide how much power they have which is really nice yeah i i'm always a little skeptical of twitch integration in that yeah. way it's either the chat's just gonna decide to be a pain in the dick that day and make your job harder or decides just make the game too easy which then isn't really entertaining so I'm like i'm not really sure what the role of it is you know it's mm. just a gimmick really in many ways but it's, I'm glad to see that if they're going to put it in, at least don't go crazy with it. Yeah. 
it it makes a lot of sense the way that they did yeah. it i think otherwise i mean the, the game is good the weak point is still the combat it's better than it was but especially in that mission with the infected it was just like these guys are brainless like it's just click 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 occasionally when you need to hit block click click uh so i have heard uh, northern lion was saying that it does get much trickier later on and you do have to be a little more careful but i think yeah, mechanically this like an idiot we know that yeah right? i mean he, he's, he is terrible right. for one thing yeah, and... i mean he's terrible at video games so yeah okay. so Why i i can't really he... necessarily say that that really means anything but i like no that, that i i don't know about you guys i use my special a lot yeah um much and like i can. like that depending on what sword you have your special is completely different oh I yeah think that that's really cool um yeah i love that i can dodge roll that's great. Yes. I just like hit people a few times, then roll to a new group of people and hit them a few times, and roll to a new group of people and hit them a few times. I enjoy uh, uh, repost quite a lot. Um, when you, if you defend uh, against certain enemies and you instantly hit them back, you get a little combo, which is really good. Yeah. So they they've fleshed it out a bit, but you know ultimately it's still a roll around, block, dodge, hit things until they die sort of thing. And it's just because the game doesn't really have any moves. Like, it doesn't have a move list. It's it's just hit things or don't hit things and occasionally hit your special. I think if they had different move sets and combos for each type of weapon, that would probably vary things up a little bit. Mm. So it, it's fine. There isn't a huge emphasis on it, I don't think. Mm. I, I feel like this time around, depending on the mission, there's a lot less combat. And you can do a lot more with the cards, which is what people seem to actually like. Yeah. But I, I'm not... I don't hate the combat. It's just... It's filler to me. It's not massively fun. Um, I think the mini games are way more difficult now. The um, pendulum is a bitch. That, oh, I'm fine with the That screws with me in a big the, way. The wheel. The wheel is I'm good really, with the wheel. really hard for me. I can nail uh, that burning building card pretty much every time. I'm pretty good with the wheel now. But... Really? Yeah. God, I... Okay, so... For me, every time I do the burning building encounter, I get the first two people easy peasy. And then when the wheel speeds up to that point, like for to rescue the third person, can't, can't, I can't, I can't do yeah, it. If I recall correctly, it's about um, when it's at the 12 o'clock position you hit it, then you usually get it. Um, yeah, that, that's what I tried. Yeah, that worked, that worked pretty much every time for me. That's but what I tried. The pendulum do. just screws with my brain because there's too many moving parts for it, and I just get freeze up. I'm like, ah, oh, I don't even know what's happening. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's it is a re fun. it's a really really good game, and there's a lot lot of content in there, and I'm liking the fact that every single challenge feels like a nice new self-contained thing with its own ideas and mm. it encourages experimentation i need to get more yeah. platinum cards i also only have like one infernal card and i went to it and it just sort of damaged me and sent me away so i'm not sure what i actually needed to activate that but i'm interested to mess around a little bit more with those i like that there are um like i got a card that i didn't even know was a thing where um i had I had played up to, I think I was on my fourth storyline, something like that. Mm -hmm. And, um, and at the end it was like, Hey, you've made an attempt to save every city you've been to. Here's a special card. And I was like, yeah. Oh, that's pretty awesome. Like, like depending on the sort of choices that you make, 
you can get cards that will benefit you yes, later. You can. Um, a more a more obvious one is like uh, there's a I think there's an inn encounter that you can go to, and if you if you try to protect the inn or like help with the situation at the inn, then you get a card that's like the friendly uh, innkeeper. Fr yeah, yeah, friend of the innkeeper or something, and it's yeah. basically just like a trader's den. It's it's good. Yeah, I love stuff like that where you're like, oh, there's actually a permanent benefit to me making this choice yes yeah yeah I'm, i keep going back to the arm wrestler and i'm wondering where it's going because i'm getting a lot of money now from the arm wrestler and i'm thinking is there's right. got to be like an end to this and maybe there's a special card that i get if i beat the main guy so yeah. i keep putting oh God, it in my have, deck if you have the uh the dice blessing too it's like yeah oh yeah <laughs> i'm good so the dice blessing and the day. uh the northerner companion that gives you an extra dice if you need it it's like yeah i can nail this Oh, is that what he does? I haven't used him yet. I yes. literally just got him. Yeah, he's very good. I'd say he's better oh, than yeah. the uh, magician dude. His uh, in-combat ability is very, very good. And I'm doing his quest line at the moment. It's not easy at all, but there's probably going to be something nice at the end. So, mm. yeah, overall, it's it's been a good time. Been investing a lot of t time in that game. Like, I've, I haven't had time to play much this week, but most of what i've decided to spend my time in has been that one and it's mm. for the most part been very satisfying with the exception of that fucking city mission that can go to hell <laughs> kill more of this like no no i don't want to platinum that thing now apparently i missed like two civilians and it's like oh because you didn't get like two out of 60 you don't get the platinum card I'm like oh fuck they're doing that again <laughs> yeah oh well that's that uh, yeah, there's oh. there's an event that I have to do right now that I've tried, and I really don't want to try it again because it's such a long line on one card. It's yeah. just such a long series of events on like, one oh card, and I'm just like, ah, too this much. Is difficult. It's yeah. great though. Very good. Jesse, mm -hmm. got anything? Man, I uh have just been like in and out of of like. Can I just say, I am right back where I was before with Destiny, where okay. Destiny 2, I was like, all right, I love some of the changes they made. This is pretty fun. And the minute you get to endgame, it's like, okay, um, unless people are around to do stuff with, boy, is this game boring. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't. I... I I want to play. I want to enjoy it. I want to love it more than you know. I just, every time, I'm just like, well, I ran three uh, strikes, and uh, cool. I guess I could PvP? People are like, well, you got to you gotta like get to 260 so you can raid with us. And I'm like, but that's a lot of work. The game for Sam right now is like a space out game. Like he just plays it when he wants to just well, like pilot. space out and shoot people. <laughs> like I and I get that. I understand that. But my space out games are like I already have those. And so this would be like right. another space out game. And I'm just like I don't know that I I have the pay like it just seems like at the end of the day, it seems like another game on the Battle.net browser of like, hey, did you log in and do your dailies today? It's right. like I can't do this anymore blizzard i can't do dailies anymore it, I, it drives me crazy 
everything's dailies. Did you log in today? Did you do your dailies? It's like, I, I don't want to do dailies anymore. I just yeah. don't, don't want to do that. It, I mean, it's a looter shooter. I didn't expect to like it very much, and I didn't really. Like, I haven't even finished the campaign. I'm just like, eh, it's... I don't care about the story in any way. Uh, it's ludicrous. The characters make no sense. The motivation of the characters makes no sense. And outside of that, all it is is, you know, we'll shoot things in pretty damn uninspired levels. And it's usually wave after wave after wave of nonsense. Right. And I don't, I just can't bring myself to care. I, I really things, can't. I've done enough strikes where one of the things I appreciate, but at the same time don't, and I, I'm not sure how I feel about this, is that they reuse a lot of the areas and the missions, but change up the enemies you're fighting. So in one, it's like, oh, well, the Vex are here and they're doing this thing. Uh, and then the exact same story takes place, but it's like the Fallen are here and they're doing the exact same thing for some reason. But like, yeah. that's the thing. And, and it's just, you change it changes what you fight, but it's the same mission. And it's like, I appreciate that because it's like you kind of learn how to, you know, like, well, you want to shoot the Vex in the stomach because that's like where they're, like you learn different things, but like at the same time, you're running the same shit over and over again. And it, it reminds me of, you know, God bless, at least WoW has too much content. Right. But like you can get lost in a lot of things, but it reminds me of the early days of WoW when it was like Burning Crusade where you're running Hellfire over and over and over again. And um, yeah, I just, man, there's so many issues that I have with it. I just want to love it. I, I wanted to love the first one. I want to love this one. I'm hoping that as time goes on, because it's on PC, as expansions come out and DLC comes out, I'll go back and play and, and love it. But oof, oof. I mean, I'm interested in the story. The shit that happens in the post credit scene, I was like, I immediately went to Alex and was just like, dude, what the fuck was that about? And he was like, oh, <laughs> let me tell you. So I get, I'm excited for the story. I'm excited to figure out what is going on, but boy do i think the gameplay is like just boring just boring i don't yeah. know the loop is shooting spongy things that really don't smartly react to you in any way and i vastly prefer warframe at least in that game they're not particularly smart but there's a lot of them and you get to hack them to pieces and you constantly feel all powerful which is a fun feeling to have and mm -hmm. that's sort of my turn my brain off game. I don't really need another one. I don't certainly don't need it to be Destiny. And if I'm going to play a shooter, I'd rather play something with a bit more direction and better level design, like Wolfenstein. If I want to play a multiplayer shooter, I certainly won't play Destiny as a PvP game because the PvP in its current state is bare bones at best. Right. And there are much better options. There's like everything that Destiny currently does. There's another game that focuses on that and does it pretty well. You might say, well, Destiny does all of the things. Yeah, but I don't actually really need one game that does all the things sort of okay-ish. I'd rather play the parts of it that I like to their best possible ability in a different game. Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, I don't remember who. Someone in chat said that Jesse's suffering from MMO burnout because of WoW. Uh, oh, I totally agree. 100%. I think because I played WoW as long as I did, you eventually hit a point where like every MMO, be it MMORPG, MMO FPS, MMO whatever, um, you see the same cycle and, and you like it's sort of like the matrix. You see into the code and you're like, no matter what this game is, at the end of the day, it is about collecting shit and gearing out 
And then when something else comes out, replacing all the gear you just got, and the cycle continues, and it's about community more than it is about the game. The problem is, is that the more shit that exists, the less those communities are important. And right. the less people give a shit. And so when the community's not there, you're not there. And I think that's, I mean, that's why WoW still exists as it does, because the community there is so huge. People, a lot of people who I know from guilds and things aren't necessarily there for the for the WoW part of it. They're there for the friend part of it. And that's why BlizzCon every year is such a success, because people go to meet their guildmates and stuff. And so, yeah, I MMOs, I think just the genre is... I think I'm burnt out on the genre in general, but I'll always check stuff out. I'm just I'm looking for the one that's going to like inspire me again, and none of them have yeah. so far. I don't know if they ever will. I think we're past the point of being able to enjoy that on that level. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is, this is I think, uh, someone in chat just brought up EverQuest. I think uh, people who played EverQuest had that sort of like, I'm burnt out. So when Final Fantasy XI came out, they tried that and were like, I can't get into this. Blah, blah, blah. Then Warcraft came and changed the game. It was like, you don't need to be in groups all the time. You, so there's the potential that someone comes up with a creative idea. Like people are smart. The gaming industry is, is changing all the time. There's going to be something. I just don't know if we'll see it anytime soon, but I hope, I hope something cool comes out yeah. and changes it up because as it is, it's a stale formula. It drives me crazy. That's, it's the same thing every time. Yeah, that's how I feel about Destiny as well, and I just, I, I didn't bother pushing it because I know that what's going to happen when I hit 20 and start leveling light stuff is the same thing that's happening now. It's yeah. it's a dull grind for dull items. No, don't really want it. I've still never played it. Well, no, I don't miss it much. Not missing out, really. I did, look, I'll go back and I'll say the changes that I wanted them to make, they did. All the changes, where that was like story changes, all the changes where like your ghost actually tells you shit and informs you of things, a, a plot, an actual plot, all of it was there. I was happy with that. I just hit end game and was like, oof, here we yeah. are again. You know, so I don't know. I guess I'm I'm unpleasable. Maybe that's my problem when it comes to MMOs. Jack could be right. I'm just an old sourpuss. Who knows? <laughs> I mean, MMOs could also just be bad. There's also that possibility. Yeah. I wouldn't say bad, but I would say maybe just like not for you anymore. Right. Yeah. Might have grown out of it. Uh speaking of MMOs, oh my god. God bless everyone in chat who's been like, I can't wait for WoW Classic. That's gonna be so much fun. Y'all are nuts though. Y'all are crazy <laughs> people. WoW Classic, everyone is just rose tinted glasses on this oh, one. Oh yeah. There is no way. People are going to jump on there and make it to about level 15 before they lose their mind. The only reason worth playing, the only reason why getting back into it, Classic Alterac Valley. That is the shit. That was like, get yourself to 40, go play that, and only play that. They should really just make WoW Classic Alterac Valley mode, give you a max level character, and go play that shit, because that was the best thing in the old game. The best. But, like... um when there were bootleg vanilla servers there were a lot of people who played those true but they were also quite heavily altered like those vanilla servers had a lot of their own changes applied to them mm -hmm. that's that's what's really interesting to me about this whole House thing rules. 
Well, yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, what are they going to change? Because there's no way they're releasing it. And we, I think we had this discussion last week. There's no way they're releasing it in exactly the same state as it was back then. And if they do, they're crazy. But they're not going to please everybody regardless of what's going to happen with it. Whichever decision they make, whichever features they decide to put in or not put in or content they decide to exclude or which version of the content they put in is going to piss some people off. But mm. Jesse's right on the button that, yeah, there's a huge amount of rose-tinted spectacles when it comes to that game. That content, compared to anything that comes out now, is bad. It's just plain yep. awful. Mm. Go, so, I swear to God, uh, I, I, I wish I had uh, re like saved it. I know it was on my Twitch for a long time because I ran the stream of it. But going back and running Molten Core again during the 10th anniversary was literally just like bashing your head against a wall. Mm -hmm. People were so clueless. No one knew what they were doing. 40 people you have to manage. It was half the people there would leave after like three bosses thinking they beat it. Like it was crazy. So no, <laughs> there's a lot of people who have joined Warcraft who have not experienced that old content. So they don't quite know what it was like. And it's not as glorious as people remember. It, it no, was a lot of, it, it was much different and much better than what existed at the time mmorpg wise but it doesn't mean that it's better than what exists now and no, not even close i i think what's gonna what people want i feel is the feeling that they got back then not That's the content the problem is i don't think you can recapture that there's some steps you can take that will allow that kind of thing to happen like make sure you know get rid of a dungeon finder get rid of cross-server matchmaking so that you know you're you're having to cooperate with people on the server kind of try and push that sense of community a bit but i don't think you're going to recapture everything it's not going to be the same and it's just yeah. going and it, if they keep the content the way it is then it's going to be you chasing that impossible dream while also trying to play bad content that you don't like which isn't going to help anybody yeah um yesterday somebody asked me hey if you could play a game that you love again as though you've never played it right like like wipe it from your memory and play it what would it be and i was like i don't think that i would want to do that with any game what i would want is to be a kid and replay that game ha, yeah you know? because like it's different right like the experience that i got playing guitar Man for the first time when i was younger it wouldn't be the same as me now playing that game for the first time right i wouldn't appreciate it the way that i did as a kid Same i um and things like that i have the perfect example of that for weeks up until the re-release of tie fighter on gog i was so fucking hype i was like that was my <laughs> favorite game i used to i swear to god back in the day make my own custom campaigns get like kids on the internet and shit to like voice act in that shit and like make like release it and people would play like i went i did i loved that game it comes back out on GOG. I sit down to play it and realize every fucking key on your keyboard is used in that game. Every single one. Everything. It's so complicated. There's so much to it that I was just like, I, I, I can't play this anymore. Yeah. I can't play this game anymore. I, and, and I realized that like a game that I love is so old and so like dysfunctional now compared to the UI and the mechanics we're used to that it's like, Unless they change the core of the game, 
it, it, it's unplayable for me. Like I couldn't do it. I sat down and was like, everything changes. Everything moves everything in this damn game. And it's like, well, you have to manage your power meters and you have to like manage the, the y'all of the ship. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. I can't. <laughs> oh, yeah. it broke my heart. It broke my heart. So I think it's interesting when a game manages to recapture the feeling, but doesn't just copy the complexity of the mechanics. The, right. There are some games that manage that manage to do that. Some people have disagreements on it, but I think like the first XCOM versus the new XCOM, there are massive differences mechanically. But it's especially with the first game, I think it's still it recaptured that feeling, the feeling of sort of desperation and horror as well going against like this unknown superior foe and it got that back and that was enough for me to enjoy it i think even without saying oh that's got all the same mechanics all that kind of thing mm. well we'll see i'm sure there will be more games in future that attempt to recapture the feeling instead of just copying 30 year old uis and then expecting that to actually fly in 2017 right yep all right should we go to a break Sure. We'll come back. We'll talk a little bit more about the games we've been playing this week. You're watching the Corruptional Podcast. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Co-Optional Podcast. Hopefully you enjoyed the wonderful sounds of Phoenix Wright's jazz orchestration. Yes. I don't think there will ever be a time that I don't enjoy that. Always. Indeed. Always. Someone randomly turned on the strip lights next to... Stop screwing with my lights! This is what happens when I give control of the hub to others. I should not. Never mind. The hub? You have a hub? What is your hub? It, that it's the Philips Hue thing that runs all the lights in the house. That's awesome. Ah. Which includes those ones. Unfortunately, it's on my wife's phone, who's apparently decided to mess with it. But uh, never mind. Causing trouble. She just yeah. wants everybody to see your beautiful baby boy face. Yeah, also your beautiful uh, starships of both the Federation and Empire. Naturally. Yes. We, If anything, we've learned you just like order. Yes, that's Judging by your ships, you like order. They're in some sort of order. I couldn't tell you what exactly. <laughs> um, can I talk about the... Uh... Look, we already talked about Fractured But Whole. Yes. Can I talk about uh, Phone Destroyer? 
Bone destroyer! Yeah. Yes, by all means. TB, I think you would like this. It's literally Clash Royale, but side scroller. It doesn't sound too appealing, but continue. Okay. Never mind. I thought there were keywords in there that would make you go intriguing, but I can give up. That's cool. That sounds just like Clash Royale, but worse. But, you know, what's the, what's the gist of it? All right, great. Um, the basic idea is that you play the new kid, like in all of the South Park games, um, and you put together an army of the other South Park kids, and you fight against other South Park kids. Um, they're card-based, just like in Clash Royale, so you collect cards that uh, represent different characters, um, and the characters... Uh, basically, the, the storyline concept of the game is all of the kids want to play a different game from one another. So like the like imagine in the in the sequence of games that they've made so far, right? Like the first one was fantasy, the second one was superheroes. So in this third one it's like all of them want to play a different game and Cartman kind of makes the decision like we're playing cowboys and indians and that's the end of it. Uh and as you play through the campaign, oh, you're muted, Jesse. And pirates, cowboys and Indians and pirates. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Is that as as you play the campaign, the kids start to like bend the rules, and Cartman's like, "What the fuck is this? We were playing cowboys and Indians." Um, so it like starts to spiral into more and more like ridiculous genres. Uh, so yeah, you like collect cards that are the different South Park kids, except you can have multiples of the same kid just from different like universes and different games. Um, some of them have like special abilities that they can do and things like that. Uh, and it's really fun so far. Um, the one, the one issue that I always have with mobile games and this one unfortunately does it is, uh, it like has reasons to not, it doesn't stop you from playing, but it has reasons to like maybe wait, (laughs) you know, um, it gives you, it offers you lots of free things. Um, in PvP and in the campaign, it offers you like free cards, but uh, only every so often. And like in PvP, when you play, it'll give you a prompt that's like, "Are you sure you want to play PvP right now? Because if you if you wait this much time, then you'll get free cards, basically." So yeah, sometimes it like almost encourages you thing. not to do PvP just yet, which I think is interesting. Um, Something that I do like, though, is it gives you reasons to go back in the campaign and replay levels because every time you play a campaign level, the difficulty goes up and it gets harder. Um, So you can, like, basically farm items that you need in order to upgrade different kids. And uh, you can only upgrade kids with items that are conducive to their genre. (laughs) So, uh, like, if you get, like, circuits, circuits are one of the items that you can get, but you can only use them on, like, kids that are space-themed so or like robots things like that um so yeah it's it's really fun so far big flaw which uh they they updated it today and i was really hoping it would be fixed but it's like brand new so i'm willing to be like come on guys you can fix this is that sometimes when you go into your deck builder the game force quits it's really fucking frustrating (laughs) so aside from that uh 
it's it's really fun and just like all of the south park games it's pretty funny the the way that they all talk to each other and the sort of things that they say in battle is pretty hilarious so fair enough yeah. i'm only allowed one cash vampire at a time when it comes to mobile games and i still have a cash fair. vampire at the moment actually i kind of have two because i went back into clash royale a bit while i was at blizzcon because we're playing some of it backstage I'm like oh no but mm. i haven't really felt the need to buy any packs in it yet but it might happen. Just saying, it might happen. <laughs> yeah. Try to stay away from that. Yeah, I, I do appreciate when these card-based games give you lots of opportunities to have free stuff. That is nice. Um, like, pretty much every, every time you beat a level, uh, you're shown, like, a big series of lockers, and you, open, you can open three lockers, and yeah. whatever's in them great some some of them have really good stuff and some of them have just kind of like and eh, whatever stuff um and uh yeah you get two free packs of cards every four hours mm. and with pvp you get one pack of pvp cards every every four hours as well i think um but the pvp decks give you or the pvp packs give you way more cards so you get mm. way more out of doing pvp which i think is interesting yeah, I mean, they want to encourage you to do that because that's where they monetize. Because the more you mm. buy, the better you are in it. It's, yeah. I'm sort of, I'm very much, and I was never really enjoying them in the first place, but I'm very much over games that are both collectible and upgradable. <laughs> that's annoying as hell. It's like, in a CCG, at least when you get a card, it's like, hey, I can use this card now. That's great. In these games, like, oh, I got a card, but. It's not high level, so it's not useful until it is. If I get six more of that card, then yeah, it'll it's be like, stronger. Oh, and, yeah, yeah, I really don't like that. Um, and it just it puts you on an infinite treadmill, especially when it yeah. comes to like you can't you just can't reliably progress in games like mm -hmm. that. Not, it's not only down to what cards you pull from the pack. It's now down to oh well, you need two thousand more of that particular card to level up your version into a slightly more powerful version, it's, yeah, it's a pain in the dick. There's no doubt about it. It's it's not a good way to do anything. But uh, EA apparently didn't listen to that, which is why we have the news later. Not that it's really news, because we kind of talked about that I months ago. Yeah, it's like as if people are just now waking up to realize what we've been saying for months, that Battlefront 2 is a pay-to-win piece of crap. But we'll mm. talk about that a little bit later. Anyone else got any other games they've been playing this week? I certainly hope so. Otherwise, we're going to have a short show. Oh. It's going to be a short show, isn't it? Oh, what did I play? It's like I could talk about the 20 minutes of Assassin's Creed that I played. Sure. Um, yeah. I, mean, I haven't exactly got very far in it, I have to say. Uh, one, good God, is that game demanding? Like, I haven't played a game in ages that has taxed the PC as much as this one. And I don't necessarily think it is justifiable either. It's like, well, it looks good, but it doesn't look good enough to bring a Titan XP to its knees good, you know. So mm. I'm not sure what's going on with that. I've heard some rumors about them running two DRM systems on the same game, which is doing something to affect performance, but we don't really have any confirmation of that. may just not be all that well-optimized. I mean, it runs above 60, but only just. It right. seems like it's struggling, and that's in smaller areas. So when I hit the city, it could be a problem. It's a bit buggy as well, I noticed. 
the uh, game music keeps breaking. I got into an encounter where it was clearly supposed to have some dramatic music covering up the voice acting, but it was deadly silent. So all of the threats of the enemy sounded kind of hilarious without the music to back them up, honestly. So that was that was fun. The initial encounter that I started in, which is like the tutorial duel, just broke completely and didn't let you advance at all from it. So I had to restart the game in order to get that to go. So that was that was great. But outside of that, I mean, it seems fun enough. It's suitably different from the other Assassin's Creed's to have interested me. But as soon as I got to the first village, I was like, oh, now I'm drowned in icons again. Like, oh god, where do I go? I was like, I don't... I don't know, at the time I wasn't feeling like being overwhelmed by a video game, and that's the first thing that game just what? did, was just throw tasks at me. I'm like, come, whoa, 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 come on. Calm yeah. down, hold your horses, or in this case, camels. But I'm interested to see where it goes. The fact that it is sufficiently different from Assassin's Creed is cool. I read this article that says, Origins is not a good Assassin's Creed game. I'm like, good, because there aren't any good Assassin's Creed games. The only one that was actually any good was the one that was least like Assassin's Creed, and that was number four. So, besides, do we really want another Assassin's Creed game? The answer is no. We really needed that break, and we needed to refresh the series somewhat, which is thankfully exactly what we got with it. So, mm. I'm certainly interested in playing a little bit more of it. You know, great, awesome theme by the looks of it. Combat system looks like it's got some meat to it this time. Seems all right. Yeah, um, I think I, I'm trying to find the article right now. I'm sure uh, if I had a minute, I could find it. But I believe I read a thing the other day um, that said that Assassin's Creed is double the sales of Syndicate. In the first uh, few weeks, yes. Yeah. So, like, it's very obvious that people were tired of the same of effing yeah. thing over and over again. It was coming so out every year. Time to make this. Great. Uh, the little bit that I've played so far... I like that the world is as big as it is. I like that there's a ton of stuff to do. I've yet to figure out if the stuff that you can do is uh, as, I don't want to say rewarding, but as meaningful as some of the stuff you could do in a game like Witcher 3, for example, where like everything you stumbled upon felt like it had a purpose. Um, but in this one, in Origins, there so far I have found things where I didn't think I was like, oh shit, I'm caught up in some bullshit now. But it ended up being really enjoyable. So, yeah, I, I I'm not sure how I feel yet, but it's fun. It's a fun game. I'll give it that. And if you are a sucker for uh, history stuff like me, and you especially like ancient Egypt, this is a this is a fun time. You get to run around and like get into all sorts of shit, and then mostly just go on like tourist mode and just explore stuff <laughs> like. Oh, what's this? And like, oh, yeah. I think that the part that I dislike the most is the fact that if I want to go see something, <laughs> usually it's like, hey, there's guys here you got to kill. And it's like, but I don't like, I just want to come by and look at the place. I don't, oh, whatever. Well, hasn't it got know. that explorer mode that you can turn yeah. on? Do you, can you just turn that on in the middle of the game or is that something you have to do somewhere I else? I haven't even looked at it. I just, I'm, I'll be in the middle of playing and then be like, fuck it. Let's go take a look at that over there. So it's a cool setting. There's no doubt about that. So I I do want to keep playing it, certainly. I want to see what it does to my PC when I get to the P, uh, to the big city. It's like I might have to turn a SLI on for the first time in a year. That's assuming it even works. It might not. I don't know. But Jesus, like that is a that is a demanding as hell game. 
I, I don't know of anyone that's been able to run it particularly well. Uh, I will say it's got a fantastic set of options. There's a lot of choice there. I like how Ubisoft has lately been putting those little indicators into the options menu to tell you what each option does. And it's like, well, it's going to kind of look like this if you pick this. I'm like, okay, that's reasonable. That's a good way of doing things. But outside of that, though, yeah, it's been a bit buggy so far. And the performance has been a little chuggy. But I do want to play more of it. I'm interested in it, which is more than I could say for Syndicate, which bored me pretty much immediately. It's just too much of the same thing. Yeah. Mm. Oh, well. So, yeah. Well, if I've got some time this week, I'll put some more hours into that one. <clears throat> TB, what was the name of the board game that we played in Vegas? Uh, Clank. That game was pretty fun. It was, yeah. Uh, I don't think we've actually talked about that. No, I don't think we have either. I was I was like, I played a board game with you. You did, yes. And I'm trying to remember what it was called. <laughs> yeah. It's called Clank. Uh, it was a it's a Clank with an exclamation mark. Uh we I think we're going to probably do it on lounge at some point in the not too distant hmm. future. Um it's a deck builder combined with a dungeon. So you start with a shitty deck just like you would in a game like say Dominion or whatever or Ascension, and you try and make that deck better, and the deck is what dictates what you can do. So there's various stats that you can get from playing the cards in the deck, such as ability points, which can be used to buy new stuff for your deck. If you if you have movement, that allows you to move through the dungeon, and if you have combat, that allows you to fight things that are either in the dungeon blocking your way, or in the card row, and you can kill a monster for a reward. You build the deck up better and better, and as you play the game, your deck fills out. As a result of you adding more cards to it, you try and get the bad cards out, make sure the good cards are in, set up some cool combos, and it's a game about theft. You have to sneak through this dungeon. It's very risk-reward. You try and steal the most valuable artifacts you can and then get out before the dragon kills you, which it is trying to do. And every time you do things... It can make noise, which means you add cubes to this bag. And every time there's a clank, the dragon wakes up and says, what the fuck, mate? And you pick some cubes out of the bag. And if your color cube comes up, you take damage. So there are certain builds that are very noisy and quite risky. And then there are certain builds which like are very sneaky. Like every build you made. <laughs> well, yes, it, with the staff of Go Fuck Yourself, I think, was what I called that particular item. It's like, well, it gives you three cards, but it also generates three clank and all that kind of thing. But like, yeah, I, I went for some risk. It is a big risk-reward game, mm -hmm. which is part of the fun, because playing competitively against somebody else, like, well, as soon as somebody gets out of the dungeon, they start basically the doomsday clock, and the, everyone else has only a few turns to get out. So yeah, it's the, like, the well, how first, far can I push in? The very first game that we played, I literally got in, took the first piece of treasure that I found and just left. And they were like, what the fuck? <laughs> and just had to like frantically try to get out yeah, whether they had something or not. <laughs> yeah, it's like, shit. Like, you, you, you got to get out of there quickly because the dragon gets angrier and angrier after someone's got out with one of the artifacts. It was a really just a really interesting mix, you know. I like deck builders at the best of times, you know. They're one of my favorite board game and card game genres. Combining it with a dungeon board that you move around, and with a stealth mechanic and that competitive risk reward element, where it's like, well, who's gonna push their luck this far? Who's gonna try and go 
deeper and get the more valuable item and can they escape in time it's some interesting stuff mm. i enjoyed it a lot i played a couple of games of it since then and they've all been really good and everyone's liked it so i'm glad i picked that up at twitchcon actually i'm kind of glad i did it was sort of an on the whim purchase because i'd heard so many good things about it i'm like sure i'll pick up clank and it ended up being awesome there's also a yeah, underwater expansion apparently yeah it's uh, the problem i've got with it is the setup time because yeah. you've got to uh there's a lot of tokens you have to place on the board in different places and decks you've got to shuffle so the setup time could be like about 15 minutes which is a little excessive once you actually play in the game the game doesn't take that long and resetting the game isn't that hard either but yeah there are a, there's a lot of little fiddly tokens to put in different places which is why I think playing it on tabletop sim would be pretty good. That would save a lot of that. It's a fun game, though. I like I like that one. We did. Um, I mentioned where we did Triple Agent, didn't I? The uh, social deduction game that's on a single phone. The yeah. mobile one. Yeah. Yes. After that's we right. added a bunch that. of secret roles to it in the DLC, it gets a little ridiculous. Let me just put it that way. <laughs> to the point where it's basically impossible to figure out who the fuck is who. So maybe don't go too ham on that. Add a couple of the roles and don't add all of them. That that just breaks the whole game. But I want to see more games that are just on a single phone because that's such a big thing about Oh, hey, I am just happen to be in a group of eight people now. God, I wish I had a card game or a party game to play. But I don't because I didn't bring one specifically with this in mind. Oh, wait, there's something on my phone I can just break out and sets itself up and instantly plays. Right. That's There's some potential value in that, I say, I say. So I hope some other companies develop some cool shit involving that. Mm. On one person's phone? Just one phone? Yes, just one phone. Yeah, you hand it around. That's the cool thing about it. So it's always worth having. It's like, well, I always have this on me. If we happen to have a large group of people that just happen to be gathered up and they're into games and we have like a spare 10 minutes, let's play a round of this cool social deduction game, you know? Yeah. There's gotta, there's gotta be a game like that either exists or should exist. I'm just giving away <laughs> free ideas. There's gotta be a game that exists or should exist that that is a social deduction mystery game but uses the same mechanics as telephone so that as it passes between each person uh it becomes slightly different and altered yeah and right. one person is clearly like trying idea. to alter it on purpose because that person is the one who is trying to like either hide the message or trying to to ruin like someone's there's, the bad guy i think there's one that involves drawing uh i i'm not that's kind of a isn't it like um, fake artist in New York or something like that? Uh, I can't remember. I but the uh, artist in New York. Yeah, something like that. It's uh, it's a, a one where like everybody but one person knows what the thing you're trying to draw is. And yeah, a fake artist goes to New York board game. Yeah, I'm not sure if that's exactly the same. It's game. a Japanese game. Yeah, it was initially. Yes. Party game for five to ten people. Players take turns being question ma master. Your role is to set a category and write a word in that category on dry erase cards. You hand those to other players who are the artists. Um, at the same time, one player has an X written on his card and he's a fake artist. Players yeah. then go around the table twice drawing a continuous stroke 
on a paper to draw the word established by the question master and then guess who the fake artist is. If yeah. the fake artist isn't caught, the fake artist and the question master earn points. Yeah, it's something like that, but, mm-hmm. you know, nothing. It, it's not quite what you are looking for, but... I'm telling you, telephone but with a saboteur would be on point. It's gotta be, <laughs> it's gotta be a game that does that. I just don't know what it is. Yeah. Forever a mystery. Look, we came up with the idea for the game Passenger, and now there's like numerous games that have that idea in it. Just saying. What even was the idea of that thing? Passenger uh, was, was you were a passenger in a car. Yeah, okay. it was a VR game where you're all wow. in a car. Yeah. And, de- <laughs> and, and like depending on like you could fall asleep, like you could do whatever. Like it was it was a it happened around you. And there are multiple uh, scenarios and outcomes depending on what you did. Yeah, there are things that happen like in the car and outside of the car, but you have to like catch them. Mm-hmm. Like if you're not, but everything paying affects attention. the ending. And so a lot of people like took that idea of just being in a car and like we we had a good that was a good idea. I feel yeah. like I feel like we got another good idea here somewhere somewhere in here. The single telephone game called Telephony. Oh, what are we doing? <laughs> There's no way I'm that hasn't already been done. This. No, the, I, I refuse to believe. Oh my god! Why don't I just run a video game company? Telephony. I'm writing it down now. I'm writing it down now. I'm writing it down. Uh, now. I, I do not use that. If you use that, I will sue you. Too it's, late. <laughs> it, telephony copyright Jesse Cox 2017 11 four. Any game that comes after this date, I'm suing you. <laughs> I'm taking. I'm taking you to court. No. Telephony is such a good name. Oh. Well, you have to make it now. I, God, I do have to, don't I? Yeah. Shit, I need to make a, a yeah a video game company that makes a game. Look, if you are an indie dev out there who makes phone games, call me, brah. Oh, shit. Hold on, I have to sneeze, but I have the phone game. Okay, here's the thing. Uh, I think it might be on phone, um, like an, an actual phone game you can play in the vein of the um, uh, uh, Mr. Robot game, but I played it on Steam. Um, oh my God, what is the effing name of this game? I need to find it right now. Uh, so here's the premise. You... Uh, it's it's one of those found phone games. You find a phone, and this phone is uh, on when you um, what is it? Uh, phone game. I don't think it's called Emily's Away. Oh my God! What is this game called? Oh, Simul Sim Simulacra. Oh, Simulacra is what it's called. So simulation. Okay. S i m u l a c r a. God, okay. So happy I found this. Okay. So the way this game works oh, is it. you find okay. a phone, it belongs to this girl named Anna. And um when you when you get into the phone, uh you find there's a video, and the video is literally just like her like crying, and she's like, Please don't come find me. Like, this is don't don't look for me. I, I I'm so sorry. I brought this on myself. Like they warned me not to do this. I, I can't believe it. And then the phone like hard resets. And you now uh, have like access to the actual, actual phone, and um, 
by digging around through the phone, you can find passwords to like get access to her Twitter account or to like because it's hard read sets it's, over time. It's kind of like a normal lost phone. Yeah, uh, because it resets over time. It's downloading all the old uh, images and videos that she had, and, and so it's syncing up with the cloud. And so over time, you get access to all the videos, but it does it in order of like from oldest to newest. So you get to learn about this girl, Anna and about her job. And so what happens is you get access to her, her Tinder account, but it's not called Tinder. I don't know what they call it, but um, you slowly over time figure out what's going on with her, but it is straight up a horror game. There are things in it that are creepy and weird. They're jump scares and it's literally just on a phone. It's awesome. I can't even stress. I, I, I can't, there's so, definitely something supernatural happening. Um, there are, what ends up happening is you learn she has an ex-boyfriend and you learn she's talking with a guy on Tinder. And those are the only two guys that, like the only two people that can help you figure out where she's at, right? Because the ex wants to talk to her again and the new guy wants to meet her for the first time. And so they both have their own ulterior motives and you can play both of them off each other or get them to work together or try to, like, it's crazy because everyone's just looking for this girl because they don't know what happened to her. And I'm not going to spoil it. That's like the very beginning, but like, it's solid. It's yeah, a cool game. Yeah, sounds awesome. Yeah, it was very, very cool. Uh, I'm so glad I got to play that. I'm curious if it's actually on your phone because the Steam version um, wasn't, uh, uh, like it has, it like it's done in phone style. You know, like the phone camera, like, like a Snapchat video. It's done that way. So I'm very curious, but it's cool. That's a cool ass game. Hmm. Oh, for the guy who said SGS it, that's literally what's happening. We SGS it. So that's coming soon. Hmm. What else did you play, TB? Anything? I haven't really had much time to play an awful lot. I got to be honest. I mostly. Why not? Uh, well, I mean, I had chemo this week, so kind of sucked. Mm. Uh, didn't really get an awful lot done as a direct result of that. Did get to catch up on the Orville, though, which is which is good. I was a few episodes behind on that. Side of that, yeah. I'm trying to think, is there You know what? Shout else? out to that show like... for slowly becoming less comedy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they really have toned that down. I, I mean, I didn't really mind it in the first place. So I thought it's i thought sometimes it was inappropriate like i know that they have to do it because they're like seth mcfarland and that's how we're pitching it but like sometimes they make a joke and it's like you literally just like that's no one would do that in this situation right but i'm glad they, they're moving away from it they're like we actually can make a good show and not have it be like got you with the one-liner yeah it's like uh, now at this point it reminds me it reminds me of office humor because it's basically an office drama in space which mm-hmm. is exactly what you'd expect because like it's a completely not in any way like special ship, no right. special crew, you know, because it's it's just run of the mill, you know, ordinary ship, nobody exceptional on it. So yeah, they're gonna make dick jokes to each other, they're gonna fuck up and all that kind of thing. There was a very very Black Mirror esque episode quite recently on there actually. Hmm. I wouldn't exactly say they executed it quite as well, but there's just been some genuinely interesting episodes in that. And I like there's no, there's no silly overarching the war plot. It's like no, yeah. no. You know, by the time we got to the war plot in DS9, we'd had like five seasons to, you know, really build the characters up. So that's why it worked. We didn't just go oh, right Ducat. fucking into oh, it. Oh, what a great villain! Oh, the, one of the best, one of the best villains. Yeah. But that's because awesome. they built him up. 
yeah he wasn't, over the course he wasn't of... the like i'm the big bad like yeah he earned that it was like thank you what a great yep. series very sympathetic in many ways and all that kind of thing mm-hmm. i think that this, I, i'm mostly just looking forward to certain things being delivered like my copy of gloomhaven which is a really cool rpg campaign game it's currently the number one rated game on board game geek like out of all of them which is quite the honor like that's quite the endorsement when you consider the kind of games that are in that list like mm. that it's it's pretty pretty damn significant and they did a reprint of it on kickstarter which kickstarter has become the best place for board games for that reason because you know these especially these big board games that they totally know they're not going to sell billions of copies of so they do a run of it and then that's it mm. uh, cthulhu wars being another example of something that i just backed the uh the rerun of a few months ago because that is a huge miniatures game and by huge i'm talking like the fucking cthulhu that comes in that game is like that fucking big like you know that we're talking huge huge miniatures and that's the really satisfying thing about it. it's like i play dia cthulhu womp you know just being able to do that but of course that means it's not a portable game at all it's a pricey game it's like 200 dollars for the basic set uh there's things like kingdom death monster which are even more ridiculous you know that are just hundreds and hundreds of dollars but kickstarter has become a good place to fund re- uh, reprints of those because you know they're going to get it done. You know the game's already a known quantity, so they can just sell and print as many as they need without mm-hmm. overdoing it. So I've got my copies of those that are, I think Gloomhaven's arriving in the next couple of weeks. I'm really looking forward to that. So the campaign aspect in particular is looking good, and the um, re-release of Necromunda, which is the old Games Workshop game about uh, 41st century gang violence. Which Interesting. Yep is awesome and what it was one of my favorite miniatures games when i was growing up because it was affordable instead of having a giant fucking games workshop army you could have just a gang of like six dudes uh it was just kind of like blood bowl you know you could have a team and just play and so it had the campaign aspects to it and your gang would get better and you could have gangers permanently die and all that kind of good shit so yeah they're uh they're re-releasing that finally after like 20 years so it is interesting to me speaking of like board games and kickstarter i do feel like that that really is the place that board games have been successful in terms of crowdfunding absolutely yeah Mm. especially if it's something again that's a reprint because you already know it's good you're not taking a risk on it like i've bought a lot of board games on kickstarter and there have been a couple of disappointments in there absolutely you know Mm -hmm. games that just turned out not to be very fun they sounded good or they looked good and they just ended up being kind of crappy. But of course, there are others that never got fulfilled at all. But I've got to say, like, the success rate of good games to bad when it comes to the games that I've backed on Kickstarter, board game wise versus video games, has been far higher. Yeah, mm-hmm. but way, way better. Usually because games, uh, video games usually come out and they're usually less than what they promised. You know, because they ran out of money or they just under budget. It seems like budget-wise, a lot of these tabletop companies are a bit more savvy to how much things actually cost to make. So mm. you end up usually getting the thing that you asked for. There are definitely still games that are just not good. You know, Exploding Kittens is terrible. I don't know what we expected, really, right. but, you know, that's just a bad, bad game in general. 
and you see Kickstarter obviously being used by these big companies, just, you know, oatmeal's like, oh, I need another $4 million, so let me make some bullshit game that has no fun value to it, but it has my art That's on it, so you'll, you'll buy it anyway. That's uh, my dream. Hey, that Dude, works. Hashtag telephony. Every fucking convention. And I'm always like, do people play this? <laughs> this it's not a game. People play? There's, like, there's barely any decision-making whatsoever to it, so... It's barely a game. It's just uh, you play the cards in your hand and go gotcha sometimes. And ha-ha, look at the funny cats. Right. Ha-ha, look at the rude cats. And then after you've seen them once, I'm like, well, not playing that again. Mm. At least I still have a box that meows when you open it. That's, that, th that is true. That, that was the final Kickstarter reward they put on there. They made the box meow. That's about Hashtag it. Hashtag telephony. That might be my, my, my Kickstarter. That could be it. I'll make it. it. Make that game. I yeah. just need to find devs who are willing to make the best fucking game ever. Yes. Call me. God, I can't think of anything else I've been playing. You know, I've yeah. just been dipping on Warframe, you know? And there's nothing else really to say about that. I spent the last few days getting the stuff together I needed for a flamethrower. Because I have... Oh, you mean in game. I'm sorry. No, I not, not real one. I was like, what? I've considered it, but... Yeah, no, a real <laughs> one. In the game, it, I have a Ember Prime frame, which is the one that's on fire. I'm like, hey, I I also want a sword and a shield that's on fire. And can I get a flamethrower as well and just go full on whole hog with it? I'm like, yes. So I just built my flamethrower and I'm just leveling it up right now. And yeah. it's nice to have those little mini objectives. It's like, here's the thing I want. I'm going to go get it. There's really very little RNG involved in it. I know the parts I need to make it, so I built it. Got my Ignis Wraith, and now I'm setting things on fire with it. And now I just want to make it even better. So, that's fun. I got nothing else, though, unless any of you do. In which case, we're going to... If not, we're going to a break. Yeah. It's been okay. a surprisingly not, like, productive week, really, in terms of playing things. <laughs> which is weird, because there's a shit ton to play, and we've played very little. We're drowning. That's what it is. Can't see anything. I just, I have all these games, and I'm just like, yeah, no, I played There's a bunch of the same to shit. Play. <laughs> it's like, it's yeah. so much to play. There's too much to play. So like I should play Battle Right this week. Battle Right came out. Battle Right's really good, but uh, there's all sorts of other things I got to play too. So yeah, I don't know. A ton of stuff. Yeah, and it makes you feel like I, I well, I. I can't play anything then because there's too many things now, which obviously makes no sense at all. But everything they really did. I've been reading some articles people have been posting about like, well, I played this game and I, it meant I missed these two games. Everything came out at, at the end of uh, October, beginning of November, like eight games released, eight huge games. Yeah. And I don't know how everyone has the time, but God bless them. Nobody do, does. Nobody does have the time. It's impossible. I mean, fucking StarCraft 2 went free to play today. Like, you can play all the commanders up to level 5 for free now and shit like that as well. It's like, I, I'd i like to go and play some of that. But uh, where the fuck am I getting the time? I don't know. I don't know. We do this for a living. We don't have the time. I don't know how anyone is expected to otherwise. Yeah, I have no clue. Not a clue. Basically, video games are done. So They're bad. over. It's they over. are over. We're officially over. Done. We'll be back after the break to tell you 
what you already know about why Battlefront 2 is terrible. What? Yeah. Nonsense. We'll be right back. I Don't can't go anywhere. Wait to hear about that. Yes. That, that will not be repetition of things we've been saying for the last six months. Yeah. We'll be back after the break. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Corruptional Podcast for the final whatever the hell it is of the show at this point. It's just been a shorter, <laughs> compressed show this mm. week. What can I say? We've been lazy. And we'll continue to be so by rehashing something that we have discussed time and time and time again, but is the current... The kids want it. They want the to hear They do. They do. They do. Despite us having discussed it ad nauseum. Well, and that's, of course, loot boxes. Loot boxes. Loot boxes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, so, you know, again, we have talked about this till the end of fucking time, but the subject is Star Wars Battlefront 2. And as it came closer to launch and as people got access to the early access trial of this thing, it became clear to more people that, yeah, this game is fundamentally based around a progression system which is horrible and one of the things that was pointed out as being particularly egregious was the amount of time it would take to unlock say a well-known hero like luke skywalker or the emperor because you know who, who would ever want to do something like that it's and a, approximately 40 hours yeah initially yes uh they they done the maths on it and this was by the way without spending money on anything else. So uh, this is the in-game currency credits that you had to earn in order to do this. So you would have to forgo any other form of progression because that's how progression works. You get the boxes, and in the boxes, which you spend the credits on to get the boxes, there are star cards which will make you more powerful. But if you want to, say, unlock the Emperor or whatever, you had to forgo all of that, and save up a bunch of loot boxes and credits, mm -hmm. and they were adding up the amount that you would get from these places and here and there in order to unlock this thing. This was actually as a weird result, I believe, of changes that they made earlier, after the open beta, after another round of complaining, where they took the top-tier cards out of the RNG rotation and basically made them so that you had to buy them for a certain amount of currency this was supposedly an improvement but weirdly enough it actually led to the situation so one has to wonder if that was actually a fix of any kind but we've known about this you know we've known about this system since june when they showed it at e3 but i think it it took this to bring it into focus for a lot of people the sudden realization that yeah this is real this is pay-to-win in a very real form of the sense of the word. And this is a progression system that if you go in there willing to spend money, you are going to get an advantage over people that do not. And if you don't spend money, you are going to be spending a lot of time fighting people that did in order to try and get the thing that they already got because they threw money at it. Oof. Oof. Yeah, um, Oof, this indeed. is a mess. This is a mess, but it's EA's own making. They do this all yep. the time. They take they take uh, IP and crush it under yep. bloated bullshit every time. Yep. Without fail. They turned it into just something that they can milk as much money from as possible. Now, it's 
it's not enough, as Jim has often said, to make money. You have to make all of the money. You have to have right. all of it. You know, it's we thought back in the day that selling DLC was the worst it could get. No. You've got to make this giant treadmill that people throw money into endlessly in order to get an advantage over other people. And in this mm -hmm. case, they built the whole game around it. They built the whole game around the concept of randomized progression, which is a terrible idea. Now, why would you ever want that? You know, the satisfying progression to me is being able to set a goal and knowing what I need to do in order to achieve that goal and then doing the things I need to do to achieve it. Yeah. Opening boxes is not that because you don't know what's in them. You have no idea what's in there in the first place. And you might say, well, you could use the crafting material. Yeah, but you, you all know that's the suboptimal way to do it because you know you're going to have to throw tons of shit into the grinder to get enough material in order to do that. Like, that's not the way the game was designed and paced to work mm -hmm. when it came to progression. It came to work for opening loot boxes and getting lucky, I guess, with, you know, with the more powerful cards or unlocking the things in a seemingly random order and just going with the flow, which to me, that doesn't satisfy me at all. That's terrible. Right. Yeah. Now, I, I'm go, go, go for it. No, I was just saying, I, I am curious about the changes they've decided to make in regards to the backlash, because to me, uh, I, I, the more you look at it, the more it seems like a like a pre I don't want to say pre-planned, but like it definitely seems like a tactic of like, hey, we dropped this huge bomb of like a really shitty progression system on you, but we're gonna change the story because we fixed everything, right? And it's still just as bad. Nothing's I mean, it's better. Just, it's equal. So, it's identically bad. Yeah, yeah, they just made everything smaller so you People like the perception is like, oh well, they've changed and fixed things, but no, nothing. It's the exact you're, same. You're gaining at the same rate, so it's well. We don't. We don't well, know if that's true. We don't know about um, uh, multiplayer, right? Yeah. Multiplayer what we do know, we're not sure how much you get out of it still. No, I, I mean, what we do know right now is that the reward for beating the campaign was cut by seventy five percent, and that's also as it happens, how much they cut the price of the locked heroes by. Uh, so, you know, you know, there's very much giving with one hand taken with the other. Mm. But I think even if this was a pre-planned, let's see how far we can push it. The real problem with the game is that it was built around this progression system in the first place. Like, no amount of tweaking these numbers is going to change that. The fact of the matter is, you can still buy power. If I, I can go in on day one, throw a couple of hundred bucks, and be more powerful than the other dude. There was no changing that. Right. That is the reality of it. That's the broken part. That's always been the broken part. And fiddling with the values isn't going to alter that in any way. You know, the only way you could even plausibly change that is to remove the ability to buy the boxes completely, which they're absolutely not going to do. That's not going to happen in a million years. There's been a few other things that have happened. For instance, you have to, uh, they, they used to be just a button you could click to cancel your pre order, nice and easy. They took that away. <laughs> you now have to contact their customer service, which is currently overloaded with requests. 
you know how I used to say, well, Origin, you know, is one of the easiest places to get a refund, which was true up until yesterday. Well, <laughs> they pulled that back because apparently way too many people were getting refunds for their liking. So they're trying to put barriers in the way of that. They A lot of people are saying, because, uh, yeah, today apparently refunds apparently is, it, they're saying it was removed. Getting a refund was removed. Um, I will say that yeah, as just far as I'm aware, if you have the pre-order email that you got, you still can, every Origin game has that like, great game warranty, like down at the bottom. Yeah. If you click that shit, it'll take you to a place where you automatically get rid of it. So you can return it immediately. Uh, so look through your email if you're one of those people who's like, I want to not own this game, but they're making it difficult. You yeah, should have access. I, I don't even know if that button even existed, but one way or the other, you're, you are able to get a refund and you were always able to get a refund for pre-orders right. by contacting the customer service. So you can do that. The problem is right now that their customer service is massively overloaded. The the system in general, the, the whole thing this game is built around is awful. And it's not the only game that EA has done it in. In fact, they just did it in a very recent one. They just brought out the new Need for Speed, which, by the way, got hammered harder for that than Battlefront did, at least by the people that actually reviewed the thing. As they, they realized like, the whole car progression system in that game is also based around randomized loot box bullshit. And it's unenjoyable as a direct result of that. And it's encouraging you to throw money at it. And it, not to mention, takes away all the car tinkering that some people like to do, replacing it with these random cards with arbitrary values on them that make no actual sense. There's also a literal slot machine in that game, by the way, <laughs> to get upgrades. I shit you not. Just, it boggles my mind as to how far... EA will go to milk money out of a property when they already have a property they know is going to sell huge numbers of copies. It's not enough for them to sell huge numbers of copies. They want to basically sell you a product that's going to dominate your life for the next few years and have that you regularly paying yeah. into it. Their games as a service model is just that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that is that's insidious to me. That's horrendous. And completely unrealistic to think the battlefront of all games, considering how quickly the population died off on PC. I mean, that game was dead in under a month on PC. That game had no staying power. To think that they could possibly pull it off with Battlefront 2 is delusional to me. Yeah, I... I the thing is that people are still going to play it, still going to buy it, and uh, for as many angry people as there are on Reddit or whatever, uh, you're still never going to... like. They're going to make a ton of money off of this game. Oh, yeah. Because <clears throat> people still enjoy it at the end of the day, no matter what uh, they do. And that's and that's what makes EA so scummy, is that they like have... They, they choose they have IP the properties. that people love yeah. that no matter what they'll support, and they'll always show up for. And that's yeah. their jam. That's how they do it every time. And it only takes, it's only after like the third or fourth iteration do people finally catch on. By then they've made a shit ton of money and then they shut down the studio and move on. That, they do it every time. Every time. That's their MMO. That's their MMO. That's their MO. I, I was going to say that was a bit of a Freudian slip there, I think, actually. That's their MMO. Yeah. It is a very sad state of affairs because you're right. Yeah, people are going to buy it in droves because it is Star Wars. And they are the studio that has access to Star Wars right now. 
which is unfortunate. I cannot think of a AAA publisher that I would hate having it more than EA. Maybe Warner Brothers? That might be worse. Mm. But it would be pretty close one way or the other. I think just what you've seen of them this year, how far they're willing to go, and their general attitude, and they're freely admitting it. You know, they want these games to be things that you play for years, which sounds consumer-friendly until what you actually realize is that they want you to keep paying into them for years. I'm like, well, no, that's not going to happen. There's more good games coming out than ever before. The, the very, like, audacity, I think, of making a hero uh, it take 40 hours to unlock. I'm like, you think a lot of people are going to even spend 40 hours playing this? Mm. Like, it doesn't have the depth to justify that. People are not going to spend that amount of time on that, and the first one should have clearly demonstrated that to you. But they're trying to get hooks in in other ways through, frankly, addictive mechanics that are akin to gambling. That's how they're trying to keep people in, not through its actual replay value or not through its actual depth or how well the game is designed. No, it comes down to the simple application of addictive gambling mechanics aimed towards kids. That's not a good way to do business under any circumstances. Mm. And the what is interesting is that if they're trying to make a whale-fueled game, you know, they're trying to make a a game that is essentially fueled by these one percenters, right? Well, here's the thing. Whales only stick around if there's an active player base. Whales only stick around if the game's actually popular, actively being developed, and there's people to play with. If everybody else leaves, so will the whales. They're not going to hang around. So I think there's a potential for a game like that and its business models are very easily collapse. And a game like Battlefront in particular, as we saw how fast the first one's population depleted, is extremely vulnerable to that too. Yeah, I would definitely argue that whales don't like only playing against other whales because no. part of the part of the joy of like spending a lot of money is feeling like you've jumped ahead and yeah. like it's benefiting you somehow. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, and, and the scam is people see the whales and say, "Oh, I want that," and then they will do whatever it takes to get it. And oh, so, yeah. even if that means spending money, like it, it, mm. it, it all makes sense. But TV's right. Eventually, people are just going to walk away because of the system they've created and the fact that it the game is like, Meh. yeah. I don't really want to play it. I mean, I'm going to be honest. Sure, I could sit down and throw a couple of hundred dollars at the game and dominate for a couple of weeks. But I don't really want to. I mean, the beta was okay. I think it was an improvement on the first one. But I'm looking and I'm like, you know, that game's like 15 to 20 hours of entertainment, I think at most, until I'm like, all right, I've had my fill of this. Mm. Why would I throw money at a game that I'm only going to spend that much time playing? I wouldn't. Yeah, on mobile, when I throw money at something, it's something I play daily, you know? Like Clash Royale, I play daily for a year. And I was happy throwing money at it. I got fun out of that game every day for a fucking year. Um, mm. With Titanfall Assault, I've been playing it pretty much uh, every day for three months. I don't mind throwing money at the game then. It was the same with Galaxy of Heroes. It became almost my nightly ritual. In fact, it did. It was actually a comforting ritual where I'd log in and do my quests and say hi to the people in the guild and stuff like that. 
and I value the game as a result of that. With games like this, when I know I'm not going to stick around, I don't, even though I have the money to drop, I don't feel like I should. I'm not invested enough in the game to justify that. And I am a whale. I have the capacity to be a whale. But only if a game hooks me in and keeps me coming back. I don't see Battlefront doing that. I see Battlefront being a week's worth of entertainment at most. And then I go back to the stuff that I know actually has depth. You know, I go back and play Dirty Bomb that I've been playing on and off now for four years because I know it's good. It's why people go back to Rainbow Six. They go back to Counter-Strike. They go back to Dota 2 or League of Legends because they know these games have staying power. I don't believe Battlefront has staying power. Not at all. So why would I invest any money in it? Hmm. That would be foolish. I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out what the length of the actual campaign is. I've heard five hours. I don't think so. I mean, I, I've also not heard great things about the campaign. Well, that I have is, a free copy, so... Well, yeah, I mean... It's, I may play the campaign just to see. I ain't gonna give them a damn cent of mine, but I'm interested in the campaign. I'll tell you that. But I don't know. I don't know. I, Yeah, I have no clue. I'm not heard great things about it. Yeah, four hours, apparently, Lyric beat it in. So... And I don't mind short campaigns, as long as they're good. If that's four hours of really good campaign, and I can come a... Uh, away at the end of it saying you know what i had a really really great time there then that's that's fantastic yeah but it doesn't sound like this campaign is anywhere near that it's a dice campaign when was the last time dice did a good campaign in anything shit they're really bad at it Damn. as much as some people for some stupid reason liked war stories in battlefield one no it was awful as a first-person shooter, it was awful. I'd take a COD campaign over that any day of the week. And I don't like those either. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think this is a skip. Like, there's so much out right now. And fuck, we just got Justice 2 on PC today as well. I never really got around to doing the campaign in that. I should play that. There's so much. I don't see any need. Like, we are spoiled for choice. And that's what, that's what I'd say to people. People are very depressed about this idea. Well, we can vote with our wallets, but it won't make a difference. Yeah, but just don't do it for that reason. Do it because there's way more cool stuff you could be playing. Nobody is forcing you to play Battlefront. Look at all the games that have come out over the last few months. Pick any one of those. There are. This has been one of the best years in history for video games. Play any of those things. Mm -hmm. Go support that with your wallet. Now, just because you can't change the culture overnight by not buying a game doesn't mean that it's not worth voting with your wallet anyway. More to the point, put your time into something you're actually really going to love. Something that's worthwhile. Why invest your time into mediocre anything when you don't have to this year? You can invest your time to excellence. Just do that instead. And fuck, you can play Ninja Turtles in Injustice 2 now. What more could you want? That's, I mean, yeah. That's my favorite video of the week, hands yep. down. That's why I selected Injustice 2 to talk about today when we get yeah. to the releases, because holy shit, is that fun. Yep. I like, they've got a bit crazy with the crossovers. Seeing Tekken, they're doing a Final Fantasy 15 character. Yeah, yeah. Noctis is going to be in Tekken. That's great. Yep. That video, oh my God, the video that Jesse just showed me of people getting so hype about the Injustice 2 releases, I was yeah. like, 
It's so cute. Everybody's right? so it's, happy. It's this crowd, and they're just so excited that they're like they see Adam and they see uh Enchantress, and they're like, okay, cool, cool. And then a side gets thrown down, and everyone's like, oh my god, is that a chick from Mortal Kombat? And nope, fucking Ninja Turtles, and they lose yeah. it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> are hugging each other like it's so insane cute. it's so good that's like games should make you feel that way like that's that's what that's what games are missing uh it's just joy just crazy joy it's something like that you missed i don't know so that's that mm. our conclusions sort of being well we called it in june guys we really did and if you didn't listen, and you're stuck with your pre-order now, then, well, sucks to be you. I think what uh, what else there is, uh, you actually mentioned this earlier, that uh, Assassin's Creed Origins sold 100% more copies than Syndicate in the first two weeks. So that did yep. pretty well there by the looks of it. Good for them. I don't... Uh... Man, what? Why does the news always? It's always bad news. Where's the like good news that like some fun shit happened? Well, StarCraft Two just went free to play today. There we go. That's pretty cool. That. Yep. If you've never played it for any other reason, go play it to play the Wings of Liberty campaign, which is free, and is maybe like one of the best campaigns in RTS history. So, you can do that. That's a good thing. That will be a good use of your next, like, 12 to 15 hours. Mm. Also means you can play all of the co-op commanders up to level 5. I think the new co-op commanders out today as well. Mira and Han. Or Mira, no, Mira, Han, and what's what's his face? Whoever the captain of the fleet is, I'm not big yeah, up on Yeah, you know. Uh, that guy. Matt. Duke. Matt, whatever his name Matt, is. Horner. Matt Horner, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And if you own Wings of Liberty, by the way, you get Heartless Warm free as well, so that's pretty cool. Which is also a pretty good campaign. Yeah. So yeah, maybe go play StarCraft 2. At the moment, the StarCraft 2 Twitter is just throwing shade at Battlefront, which is quite funny. That, that was pretty cute. Uh, trying to think about what else, what else has been happening this week. Preferably something, as you said, positive, something interesting. Yeah, what fun happened? Well, they said there's going to be another Cuphead. They said they will yes. definitely see Cuphead again. That. Yep, Great. that's been mentioned. They've done well, those fellas, no doubt. Uh, you can make your own Sonic character now. <laughs> oh, it forces. Oh yeah, God, I've seen that. Videos for that are God so bad. <laughs> so just mah. That game looks character? absolutely terrible. <laughs> Gerard made a human. It was creepy. It was, <laughs> it was really weird. Yep. Uh, Dunkey's character was pretty. Uh, he basically yes. just tried to make Sonic, so yeah. it just looked like a really deformed, weird Sonic. It was just a, a bad, like Halloween costume Sonic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was Blue Cat. Yeah. The uh, nominees for the Game Awards are out. I mean, not that that's really news in any way. You know, it's like I'm not going to spend half an hour disagreeing with an arbitrary list of arbitrary things. That doesn't really sound like a good use of anybody's time. Agreed. Mm. They had a new category, though. They've got best VR slash AR game now. And super hot's on that list. 
That's a good one. Super hot. Indeed. Super hot. I'm glad they took the time to remember that a lot of games came out this year, and it wasn't just like the last yeah. two months. This is actually a reminder of just how fucking good this year has been. Just looking, it's like, oh yeah, all of those came out this year. It's like, <laughs> oh fuck, I haven't finished that, and really should. God damn it. Yep, yep. really kind of should. I'm excited for us to do our like our roundup for the year. I'm not. Shit's gonna be crazy. There's two. The category's got to be weird this year. Our categories year. are always fucking stupid. It's oh, not yeah. like we're gonna change anything. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Best Hollow Knight game. I'll, Best I will nominate something that's not Hollow Knight. Hollow. Best game involving an insect in some fashion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll blow it out of the park for the two-episode end-of-year award special, and I'll do my long-as-fuck award show at some point. Mm. I've been thinking about that for the last couple of months, like, thinking, hey, fuck me, what can we put I in think, there? By then, I think premieres will be launched on Twitch. Mm. Yep. And then you can That's, use the premiere system. And that, you, that is exactly where they got the idea from, incidentally. I know from this you? for a fact. Yeah, the premieres was mine. Are you just running, are you just running Twitch now? I mean, I, I, if I was, there would be some changes I would make. But yeah, they, they got that whole idea from the Arbitrary Awards. That's a what fact. Because we did that. We did that. We premiered it on Twitch live and then immediately put it live on YouTube right after it finished. Actually worked out very, very well. <coughs> people like to watch thing, people things with other people. Who knew? You know? What a crazy idea that is. Mm. There was a, it looks like there's going to be another historic Total War game. Uh, it's called Thrones of Britannia. Ooh, with Vikings? Yep, Vikings, Anglo-Saxons, and Gaelic clans. So basically that would be just before the Battle of Hastings, sort of around 1066 era. There's potential Great. there. Uh, yep. Also, I like the idea of um, a more focused Total War. At the moment, the... I don't know if you've seen the new Total War map, but fuck me. Like, it's it's insanely huge. And I do actually like a bit more of a focused Total War experience. I remember playing, I think it was the um, medieval, uh, the original medieval Total War Viking Invasion. And that was really great because it focused on Britain, basically. And you fought over Britain with, with and against Vikings, and it was great. That actually might have been a Rome expansion, but one way or the other. Yeah. It's good to see them doing some historic stuff still. You know, I like the Total War Warhammer games, but I also like the historic stuff. So we'll see what comes of that. Looking forward to checking that out. Let's see if there's anything else in terms of news. Oh, yeah. So apparently, since launch, Total War... Uh, not Total War, sorry. Call of Duty World War II has been accidentally running double experience and didn't realize it. <laughs> Amazing. Which I found awesome. to be quite amusing. Yeah, it uh, supposedly the console version has been running like triple and we've been getting double on PC. I don't even know if they're going to change that because I actually quite like the speed at which you progress right now, so I hope they don't change it. But we'll see. They probably will, knowing them. And they also announced that they're delaying the addition of microtransactions to fix stuff, which is nice to hear that. Good for them. It's like instead of like, we're going ahead with that anyway. It's like, well, maybe we should wait until everything's fixed before we start trying to charge people for things. Strange, really. I mean, you look at it, and that game is in no way egregious. Like, compared to fucking Battlefront, 
Call of Duty seems to have one of the fairest business models this year, and that is a weird reversal. What has Activision actually done this year that's been genuinely evil? I can't think of all that many things. You know, with EA in the running, it's just hard to catch up sometimes. Mm -hmm. I think they've just decided, like, EA, you can have this year. Yeah. You don't need to do all that much fucked up shit. Like, we'll never catch up. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't call Destiny 2 evil. I mean, okay, making shaders cost money was a bit of a dick move, but there was that that, that patent. Yeah, but I mean, it hasn't even been implemented. It may not even ever be. Uh, so I, I don't think I would call that as bad. I mean, for stuff that has directly impacted gamers this year, then definitely EA is top of the pile. For yeah, Activision's like down the road. They're in the planning stages of being the worst. Oh, shit, they're playing the long game. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. they do this every few years. They'll come out with something hugely evil. That it's been... kind of like the the like they were an evil empire that got dethroned, and now yeah. they've been like in the shadows indeed planning their resurgence yeah yeah like, a, like, like an order like, like a first order out in, yeah yeah if overwatch Wait. loot boxes are the most evil thing you can come up with for them then i don't think they're very evil i'm sorry well they have much, their uh they have their their system they created for uh uh that patent yeah yeah yeah, we talked about that and it's like yeah that's potentially insidious and evil but also but as far as we works. know it has never so yeah, as far as we know, it hasn't even been used. Give so, them a year or two. Yeah. Then they'll be back. Don't worry. They're waiting. They're just like, one of these days we're going to be DA. When that God. comes. Oh, I, boy. I, I, what's kind of amazing me lately is that people, there's certain people who are coming back and saying, oh, don't forget Overwatch's loot boxes, though. They're also just as evil. They're not. They're Sorry, they're not. I, I, I won't. Yeah. Did they popularize a trend? Maybe. I mean, you could argue that, but you could also argue that actually, and this was a Rolling Stone article, argued this very thing, that the game that popularized that particular trend uh, was Mass Effect 3 and its multiplayer, which actually, that might be quite right. It was one of the first Western games to provide the loot box style randomized packs of things that actually affected gameplay. And I can't, with everything we've seen this year, I yeah, maybe this is just like, we start to normalize certain things, but I can't bring myself to be mad at cosmetics and loot boxes when you have literal power in loot boxes. Like, mm -hmm. there's... I can't. I wasn't even that mad at it before games started doing the power in loot boxes thing. I'm definitely not that mad at it now. It's like, you've got to pick your battles. There are some hills that might not be worth dying on, and that, to me, is probably one of them. As much as I would have preferred that, say, Heroes of the Storm hadn't gone... The loot box route. It's also a free-to-play game. It's like, no, Overwatch is not. But again, it's all cosmetic. I would prefer you just be able to buy this stuff, but it's still just cosmetic. It's like they didn't put fucking heroes in the loot boxes, and we know that if EA ran that, they would have done that immediately. So no, I, I'm sorry, I can't be, I, I can't bring myself to be mad at that when Battlefront 2 and Need for Speed are fucking right there. So one of these things is literally making video games worse. The other is just a bit of an annoyance. Mm. So I would much rather hit the thing which is making video games worse around the head. Hit the thing that's like a really bad precedent. <laughs> yeah. I was like, well, so like, well, cosmetics, no excuse. 
but based on whose arbitrary ruling? Hmm. As, okay, some people are okay with you selling cosmetic stuff after the fact. Some of you are not okay with that. I don't think there's any particularly game-winning argument for either side. You're just going to either be okay with it or not. Yeah, there's a gambling aspect to it. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> it's not great, but there is far worse shit we need to fix. Far worse. There's only so, so many things you can care about. Yeah. I just don't care anymore. No, I'm sorry, I don't. I I can't. It's... That's because I, I think they're all scummy, so I've I've learned not to care. I'm I'm I don't care for the reasons that if I cared I'd be constantly outraged. Yes, that that, that really is it. Like it's exhausting. It's absolutely exhausting to be this mad all the time especially if you, we're not even talking about things that happen in the real world god we're just talking about video games here and that's already exhausting let's not even get started outrage fatigue is the term for it like, yeah and i am fucking real damn tired of being outraged especially in a year where we've had so many fucking good games there's a lot of doom saying about the industry, but fuck it, look at 2017. Look at the games we got. Look at how good they are. Yeah, I choose to to support awesome games, and there were a lot this year. And so all the shitty games, like, cool. Thanks you know what would probably happen if you gave all of your press to the good games and not to the stuff that did shitty things? The stuff that did shitty things would probably do worse, and the good games would do better. Ergo, encouraging better behavior. I like that. You're asking a lot, TV. I don't know. You <laughs> so can't... Much. All I'm saying is you can't ask a person to care about fucking everything all the time. It's impossible. It's just too much. There's only so much you can do. I think there are, there are better things you can focus your time on. Yep. So we like, can talk... As much as more about Battlefront, but Detroit. hey, how about we just what don't play it? Yeah. Or Detroit. Yeah, I mean, I guess we try and play in that. When is that out, anyway? That's next year, right? Who knows? Whenever the Golden God is ready to release it himself. Indeed. He will come down from the mountain and present us with the tablets, the stone tablets it was made on. Mm -hmm. Say to the, playeth my game and let it prosper. For thine is the Sony... And the PlayStation forever. Amen. Amen. Yes. Or you could uh, read the manga Detroit Metal City. or watch Which the is based off of David Cage's Fever Dreams. Yes, I know. David yeah. Cage makes the world run. People don't know that, but it's true. Oh, my God. TV. I bet you would like Detroit Metal City now that I'm thinking about it. I don't read manga. Is there an anime? Yeah, there's an, an there's an anime of it. Okay. It's about like a really sweet boy who wants to make like nice music, but he becomes the the head of a metal band, <laughs> and it's amazing. <laughs> it's really great. Maybe. Oh shit! I want to rewatch Detroit Metal City now. Fuck, yo. I Anyways. I will I'm I will have a look. See if I can find it. Yeah. I guess I'll do it. Fine. Mm. I'll take the time. Uh, right, well, I think that's about it. News, let's have a look at releases. We are 
reaching the end of the crazy release cycle, but there's still more stuff to look at. So, let me bring up this list that we've been curating for a little bit. Mm. I don't know, we look at this one. Alright. Okay, who wants to start us off? Jesse's the first, the first highlight. Me? Okay, Far From Noise is a game that I saw that I thought uh, looked really interesting. It is a game where you are balanced on the edge of a cliff in a car, and the entire game takes place there. Okay. And it is that a game... terrifying. Yeah, it's a game about communicate like like it's a story that develops between the two people in the car and the world around them, and it looks very experimental and fun and weird, and I love that. So I definitely want to check it out. I think that looks uh, interesting. Is this the natural conclusion to Passenger? Is the end uh, of Passenger? I feel, I feel like, like this well, is the canonical ending. Yes. Well, we fucked up here. <laughs> yeah, you end up on a cliff, and that's it. Yep. Possible talking deer. Yeah. Harvest Moon uh, game. Yeah, there's uh, Harvest Harvest Moonlight of Hope is coming to Steam. Um, this, uh, I mean, I love all Harvest Moons, so I'll give it a try. This the fucking look, aesthetic. Yeah, the aesthetic looks very mobile gamey, and it's weird to me. Like the way that they run and stuff, I'm like, that's strange. Oh no! But I'm still gonna. I'm gonna try it. I'm still gonna. I'm still gonna try playing it. Let's be real. Nothing's gonna be as good as being able to play Stardew Valley, uh, on the Switch. But, like, I gotta give every Harvest Moon a shot. Yeah, yeah this one looks uh, questionable. I have to say. Yeah. Jesse, you want to talk a little bit about Justice Two, of course, no. that just hit PC. It's out, and Justice 2 is out on PC. You guys, yeah. next DLC, going to have Ninja Turtles. You get to play as the Ninja Turtles beating the crap out of DC characters. It's all I ever wanted in a game. I'm so glad they did that. I, I Silly makes me happy. And so they took a game that's already pretty good and made it even better. Yeah, because we chance to actually play the campaign. I picked it up on PS4 when it first came out and just never really got around to playing it, so... I haven't heard about whether or not it has crossplay, which is a concern for people playing on PC because it'll probably have quite low population after a few weeks. But it does have a solid campaign, so we'll see. Yeah. I would like to highlight the Steam version of Killing Floor Incursion, which is the VR version of Killing Floor. I believe it has been out on Oculus for quite some time. Now it's obviously made its way to Steam, so it's Vive compatible as well. I this is one that I is just on my pile of I need to play this VR game and just haven't got around to doing it yet. I've heard a lot of very very good things about it. Mm. So you'll be able to play it on Vive if you happen to be of that persuasion. Uh, we do also have uh, Lego Marvel Super Heroes Two that's popped up on Steam today. Mm. Wasn't aware that wasn't there in the first place, but apparently now it was not. Mm. Lego games are always at least decent. I like just watching the cutscenes of them, honestly. I don't like playing them, but the cutscenes yeah. are always... But I watched uh, Lego Batman on the plane, and I was surprisingly entertained. It's, it's good, a good right? Batman movie. It's cute. Yeah, it's a cute movie. Yeah. I was about to say game. Also a cute game, probably. Game as well, yeah. Other releases... Interest... Uh, oh. Go ahead. No, go for it. No, were we uh, not, not going to move on day-wise? We're still on November 14th. Okay. Yeah, because we, we there's a there's a bunch of console release and stuff here as well that we need to point out. Uh, 
Apparently the Switch version of Rhyme has been re-released because there were huge performance problems with it. That's been solved apparently as of today. So I'm hearing uh, we've got release. There's a Vita game coming out, Demon Gaze 2 for Vita and PS4. The 10th anniversary edition of Bioshock for PS4 and Xbox One. It'll Do 2 Plus is coming out on Switch. And also there is this version of L.A. Noir. They're doing doing a VR version of L.A. Noir, aren't they? So I heard. I don't know. Yeah. And they've been doing a bunch of like changes to it. I don't know what exactly this version is and whether or not it's coming to PC. The current version is the older one. But the uh, Nintendo Switch, PS4 and Xbox One released for that today, apparently. Deblob on PS4, Xbox One. Rocket League for Switch is out today. Mm. So you might want to pick that one up. Vita gets Valhalla, the cyberpunk bartender action game. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much about it for November 14th. Can I get my games for the 15th now? Yes, you can. Okay. The first one is called Hour, O-U-R-E. And it's a beautiful looking game where you are a girl who has the powers of a dragon. So she can transform into a dragon and fly through the skies. And it just looks gorgeous. Of a nice aesthetic. It looks really satisfying as well to just jump off the edge of something and turn into a dragon. That's pretty neat. Like that footage looks great. I'm just like, I want, I want that. I want to experience yeah. that. Um, so there's that. The other one is a complete uh, 180 where uh, there's a VR game called The 37th Week. Um, Ooh, yeah, I saw that. Right. Looks weird. Because yeah. what you are a fetus. It's terrifying. <clears throat> yeah, one of, the, one of the screenshots is horrifying, and I'm like, why? Uh, the concept of the game, it's a VR game that's been nominated for a bunch of awards where you are in the 37th week of um, being a fetus inside of someone's body. And uh, I don't know why the last picture looks out of a fucking horror game, but here you are. So, well, yeah. that looks terrifying. Mm-hmm. Immerse yourself in the magnificence of the womb is what it says. Just VR has done some strange just, things. I'm so curious. All right, that was about all we saw on the fifteenth, sixteenth. Mm. Um, what was? this one no oh, yeah. one it's, no one it's a puzzle game where you're in like kind of a eccentric house and there are mirrors all over the place and you have to line them up in order to solve puzzles ah it's a vr puzzle game that mm. makes sense okay jesse you had one i believe for the 16th yeah i have uh two for the 16th but one of them is called perspectives aleppo helsinki uh i just think this is interesting it's a vr game where they take the city of Helsinki and make it uh, appear to have the same type. It would be like, what if Helsinki was as damaged as the city of Aleppo and Syria was? Uh, And I just think it's always cool to show, uh, especially young people, uh, uh, things of that nature so they can like actually experience like, oh shit, war's terrible. And uh, it's, it's very, very bad. And this is what your city would look like if it got as effed up as Aleppo was which I think is fascinating. So I definitely uh, always recommend stuff like that. Fair enough. Uh, Dodger, you had one as well. Endless Fables 2, Frozen Path. Uh, This game looks up my alley. It's a puzzle game where uh, it's a point and click puzzle game 
<clears throat> that's very fantasy based having to do with like Norse mythology and stuff. So I'll def I'll definitely wind up playing it. <laughs> cool. Why and I snagged it. Jesse, I think you had yeah. hollow. So this is a game that I was just like, I can't tell if this is a horror game or a game that is a like walking simulator, but like a tense atmospheric one. It just, the trailer is fascinating to me and I, I loved what I saw. So I'm, I'm interested in this game because they don't Fair really enough. explain much about it. No, definitely not. And uh, makes me think it's a combo of the two. A lot of them are lately. Solve puzzles, use your brain to proceed. Frenetic gun combat to survive. It could very much be like uh, Dead Space. Who knows? There's gun combat in it as well. Cool. Yeah, it's that's intriguing. All right, another VR game of the seventeenth. Yes, Wrath of Loki. Uh, you're trying to. It's a it's a point and click VR game basically, um, where you are trying to prevent Ragnarok. It looks interesting. I like the idea because they they usually have such detailed graphics. I like the idea of these kind of high fantasy point and click games coming to VR. Sure. I think that playing those might be really intriguing. Um, the next one on the list is Witchcraft, and it is a uh, grid based strategy game where, um, yeah, you just like magic battle yeah. <laughs> people. Uh, you can do it in 1v1 and 2v2. So that looked like it could be fun. What the fuck was this one? Oh, uh, Skelemania, Super Skelemania is the last game that I snagged for this day. And it's like a Metroidvania game, a side-scroller where you're a little skeleton. It just looks cute and up my ass. What the fuck was this game? Well, it is I what it says remember. on the tin. <laughs> yeah. Other things, since it is, that would be, I think, Friday. Uh, so mm -hmm. there's things that pop out on the Switch. Supposedly, the Switch version of Skyrim is out on November the 17th. We have big release for the 3DS, Pokemon Ultra Sun and Moon. And then, according to this, this is also the release date of Battlefront 2 officially. But that doesn't sound right. Mm -hmm. I Unless... The problem with Battlefront is that it had that EA Access thing, didn't it? Yeah. So... You could play it early, so I'm not sure if this this release list is just inaccurate and or whether or not it is actually the case that it's coming out that day. But I, one way or the other, if you have a switch, you could also pick up VVVVVV, which is coming out oh, on that day as well. Nice, yes. And yeah, if I think you want to, yeah, another if, game that's gonna make you rip your fucking hair out. Yeah, enjoy. if you want a game that'll make you throw your switch through a window, that would probably be a good one. Yeah, just grab VVVVVVV. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, nothing really on September the 18th or the 19th. There were a couple of interesting ones on the 20th, though. Mm. I believe you had one of them, in uh, fact. Nova California. Again, what the fuck was this game? I'm trying to remember. <laughs> so um... why did you pick any of these? <laughs> <laughs> this one, I think just the art style looked kind of interesting to me. But the... The like footage and stuff doesn't really tell you what the game is like very much. Um, it's like an FMV game to me. Yeah. There are a couple on that day that I like the look of. I think this one got pushed back. Uh, writers, 
which is the game where you fight against your friends to type random excerpts from a book. It reminds me of that, uh, what, Osa Insult Simulator game. Yeah. Apparently, Battle Chef Brigade is finally coming Yo! out. Oh, I'm, so, I'm so excited. Yep, 20th of November. Yep, this is a game about beating up things and then cooking them. And it's hella great. Uh, we played it last year at PAX, and it was really good then. I haven't heard much about it since, so it's cool. That's finally coming out. And there was one more game that I found called Nello, which is... I think Is this a VR? I don't think it is a VR game, but it looked very impressive one way or the other. It's going to be in early access, but it was, it's supposedly a third-person brawler-slash-bullet-hell thing just in terms of its aesthetic it's incredibly impressive looking like this really really good looking game with an interesting overall look to it so yeah that that one looks potentially great might have to wait for it to come out of early access but yeah there's some serious bullet helly nonsense going on on that it's a pretty impressive effect battleship brigade apparently is also hitting switch on the same day so you'll be able to pick it up then that's it i think uh, for games that are releasing before next Tuesday. Not too much this week, which I suppose is a good thing. Give people a chance to catch up. Yeah, there's just, my God, there's so many games. And a lot of it was like, oof. Yeah, oof. there's a lot of junk. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. But that's what we dug out, and that's what we found that looked like it might actually be worth your time. I think we're pretty much done, folks. Thank you very much for watching the Co-Optional Podcast. But before we go, we'd love to tell you what's coming up for us this week. Dodger, what you got going on? Uh, Jesse and I are going to play The Letter again, finally, this week. Um, probably on Friday. And is there anything else specific that's going on? I got to convince Dodger to play more uh, Life is Strange than me, too. Yeah, that's we right. So much more to do, life is strange about, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do it um hey i'm four colors in on my paint by numbers so this is taking a while hardcore paint by do you guys want to see it so far it's pretty good content all right i'll see it she's been at this for seven days jesus christ it will never be finished it's a badger (laughs) by the way you don't need there's no need to watch the rest of it it's a badger Uh no surprises so, yeah there's 24 colors total so uh, this could take a while a few streams uh left left to uh do doing it. <laughs> to finish doing it. it um yeah uh i'm dex bonus on everything and i've got a coffee company i would really love it if you would check that out it's at dodgercoffeeco.com and um that's about it if you like manga we have a manga pod tonight uh doing doing one of the Ones that fucking everybody's read, which is so rare. Um, One Piece. Hey, you want to hear us talk about One Piece tonight? Come on, show up on my channel at 7.30 uh, Pacific time. And that's it. Jesse, what you got? It's the most read manga ever. It's One fucking Piece. long. There are almost to 900 chapters, I think. Wait, let me Fuck me. Christ. That's yeah, too long for anything. Is the Too last much. there's chapter. only so much a pirate and his crew of big breasted women and weirdos can do. Apparently not. Apparently oh, not. Right. Untrue. Untrue. <laughs> Who, knew? Who knew? Luffy. Anyway, so um 
Oh my God. Uh, this week we have a new, I already talked about a little bit, new Scary Game Squad coming. Uh, I think depending on what the gang wants to do, we may do a new canon book club about um, uh, Inferno Squad, the book, and then play through the, the single player campaign. But if it sucks, then I will roast it heavily. Um, I have a bunch of other stuff coming. I really have to go to the bathroom. So I'm just going to say, <laughs> Jesse Cox on the internet, look me up. Fair enough. Uh, a few things this week, uh, particularly today, if you're in the market for a really good video game, our partner site chrono.gg slash TB has this War of Mine plus the brand new Stories DLC, which just came out today for five bucks total, which is a great price for that. So head to chrono.gg slash TB and you'll be able to find that. Outside of that, Shoutcraft Kings is this Saturday. Yes, indeed. On the new patch with the new everything, we have no idea what's going to happen. Bunch of players from BlizzCon, best players in the world, competing for $10,000 in the King of the Hill format. Come watch it. Of course, lining up with the free-to-play launch for StarCraft 2. So download the game, play it yourself, and come watch our tournament at starting at 8 a.m. Eastern. That is 1 p.m. the British Isles on this channel right here. Twitch.tv slash Total Biscuit. There'll be some other streams. There'll be hopefully some videos this week. And that really is about it. Thank you very much for watching the Corporal Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Hopefully we'll be back with actual games, discussion, and a guest next week. But I can't promise anything. We'll see what happens. Thank you very much for watching. We'll see you next time. Goodbye.